This is small town music. This is big town music. He's ahead of his time, you know, but he can't use it. If only he could prove it. Well, tomorrow's just a song away, a song away, a song away. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And joining me today in the guest co-host chair, he is driven down here. Or no, I think he flew. Shake your head. Did you fly? I flew. He flew. He's not a bum. He flew down here just to record this episode. Please welcome Jeff Frank. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Greetings. Greetings. You've, you've heard Jeff Frank before. He participates in the uh, Patreon episodes where you send in an intro and a tune, and he's got a he's got a catchphrase. What, what do I say? You say gaba gaba hey at the beginning and you yeah. say stay frosty at the end. Some people apparently they don't like it. Just my kids. Yeah. They're, they're Everyone not, else is into it. Not a fan. Jeff, today we're talking about MTV because we're coming up on the 40th anniversary of MTV. This was your idea because you used to work at MTV. You're rocking an MTV hat and a Clash t-shirt. I'm rocking a... A uh, Mike Reno headband. Very appropriate. And I'm also wearing a Brett Michaels wig. So <laughs> this is not my hair. So well, unlike his, I couldn't tell. <laughs> <laughs> it's very natural. I don't I don't have a long one. If you do long, it looks it looks fake. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a tell. So Jeff, you uh where do you reside in Northern California? So I live up in the Bay Area, specifically in San Jose, California. Um yeah, been out there about about 10 years, but uh, I'm an East Coast guy. Spent most of uh, the time before that in New York, um, working, uh, living there. And yeah, I came out to the West Coast 10 years ago. Which is better for you? Do you like the East Coast or the West Coast better? I love California for the, uh, the, the scenery, the geography, the amount of things you can do in a two-hour radius around the Bay Area is just unbelievable. But... <laughs> The reality is it's on fire half of the year. Traffic's only got more insane. Yeah. Um, cost of living, obviously, mm -hmm. is is just astronomical. So, I mean, I've done it now. Same thing I said about New York. I loved yeah. it. Um, but been there, done that, got the T-shirt. I don't need to go back to live again. I love to visit. Uh, I think we would like to get out of California and, mm -hmm. and go back eastward somewhere. Where would you go? What's your... So my top picks, and, and a lot of it has to do with, with my work and kind of where the centers mm -hmm. of, of music and entertainment are, but um, Austin, Texas is probably my favorite town in America for, for those reasons. It's not uh, really East Coast, Jeff. Well, anything from here would be Eastward. Okay, East, Eastward. Yes. Okay, okay. Um, Austin, Texas, um, Nashville is an obvious place. I mean, it's sure. basically the new Los Angeles in terms of music. rock. Yeah. Um, uh, and country, obviously, but um, a few other Atlanta. I lived for a couple years, and and I love Atlanta. Uh, I would go back there in a heartbeat. And can your better half also pick up and move and still be employed? Theoretically, yes, she can. Um, although she's in a pretty great job, so it would have to mean leaving that mm -hmm. uh, for me because I'm either working from home or on the road. Mm -hmm. Uh, sounds like I, she's in charge, Jeff. Sounds like she has to make this call. Basically, that's why we're still <laughs> kind of, dare I say, stuck. Yeah. Um, don't tell her I said that. But um, well, she's yeah. going to listen, right? Um, Podcarts? What's a podcart? <laughs> I'll tell you what, if she doesn't listen, she's at least going to listen to the first three minutes and 34 seconds. <laughs> so you're sunk. You're done. Well, I'll know to uh, to skip ahead. <laughs> 
Now, for me, I n- didn't really grow up on the East Coast. I mean, I was small town, Western Pennsylvania. Then I moved to Chicago and then out here. So I, I, I really love it out here. I do not love the fires a- at all. It's you, very scary. You, but you've got a pretty sweet setup here. So talking to you before, the way I came in today from Venice north mm-hmm. through Topanga Canyon. Yeah. I mean, just beautiful, yeah. just epic scenery. Yeah. And um, if the fires ever get to our house, it's Armageddon. Yeah, but it could happen. Yeah. Um, but it's creepy. Yeah, and just, yeah, so climate change, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. and, and cost of living. But, I mean, it's gorgeous. That's another thing, the cost of living. I've been out here 25 years, so a gallon of milk and a gallon of gas, it is what it is. I don't know any different, you know what I mean? That's the thing that's so weird, like... Well, I remember, so when I was in New York, and a lot of people at MTV at the time would try to leave the New York HQ and go west. We had a West Coast office out here, still mm-hmm. do. Um, and you would always be jealous because they'd go to Santa Monica because there was rent control yeah. in Santa Monica, famously. Yeah, that's where our friend Mike Siegel, Everybody that's where he lives. To, to post up there. Um, so that's where all the New Yorkers went. And then at first, when I got to New York, I was like, oh man, I got to make it out to our West Coast office. And yeah, through the time, it's just... Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I think uh, I think I'm I'm good on California. Now, and again, did I already say that you used to work for MTV, or do you still work for MTV? <laughs> I do not. Um, but you did. I did. I was there from '97 to 2006. That's uh, a, that's incredible. Nine years. Yeah, you almost had tenure. I believe your math is correct. Yeah, I believe so. I can do small math, <laughs> like Dak Shepard, <laughs> sure, <laughs> um, or Jesse Camp. He does small math. <laughs> <laughs> Call back. Um, so, yeah. I, so the way I think of it, um, I think of MTV kind of in three waves. Okay. First wave, obviously, was... Classic a, MTV. Classic uh, MTV. Martha, Alan, JJ, Mark, and Nina. Correct. Yeah. So And Kurt. Kurt Loader, too, right? Kurt came, there? Kurt came, I think, late 80s when MTV News really kind of solidified, or maybe mid-80s, like 86, 87. How did he get, I know I'm on a tangent, how did he get that gig? He, was, he was 65 then. <laughs> yeah, uh, yes, um, I guess because we needed credibility. I guess so, they, they I guess so. Care. That's why I have David Wilde on the show. I think that adds credibility. There you go, Instacred. <laughs> um so, yeah, those first couple of years, I think, of First Wave and, and being iconic. And really, the idea for this episode came, um, so it being the 40th anniversary, right. and it's like, okay, MTV, this is 40. Um, and kind of me, you know, thinking about sharing some of the idea, uh, some of the stories and things that I saw behind the scenes. And these stories won't get you in trouble now, right? Uh, I think we've passed the the uh, statute limitations. All right, good, um, good, good. But it can't hurt you going forward with other jobs. Like, I, hey, this guy I, will spill the beans once he's out of here. Uh, I don't believe so. All right, cool. Um, so yeah, so you've got those first couple of years um, and then it kind of dies out, not dies out, but not Changes. quite the phenomenon in the mid to late 80s. Long form programming starts in the late 80s with mm-hmm. uh, remote control. Yeah. Um, and then spring break and all those kinds of things. Um, I think the second wave is kind of early nineties when alternative kind of ushered in with the Nirvana era. Yeah. And you got those kind of early to mid nineties alternative as the second wave, like 120 minutes. Yeah. Kind of peak 120 minutes. Um, um, headbangers ball was even in there kind of starting late eighties and then Ricky Rackman into the nineties. Um, 
And then for me, so I joined 97, what I think of as the third wave. In 97, what happened at MTV was that was the advent of TRL and boy wow. bands. So, yes, we can all kind of cringe. Um, it, the music taste of those who And let people know what TRL stands for. Total Request Live. Live. Carson Daly. Carson so. Daly. That's where Carson Daly came from. And he's well, never, well, I mean, that's he, when I first saw him. He came from K-Rock, so he was out here. I remember okay. summer of 97, he was doing our beach house here. Okay. He got hired shortly thereafter uh, because we pulled a lot of people came from K-Rock. Kennedy was from K-Rock. Yeah. Uh, Chris Hardwick was from yeah. K-Rock. How did, how did, um, uh, who, who's the guy we were just talking about? Ricky Rackman? <laughs> no, no, TRL. Oh, Carson. How did he... He didn't seem, he never seemed hip or cool or, because or, 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 and, and, you know, forgive me for this. Cause you know, I'm average looking, but he, he wasn't like, he wasn't like super good looking either. You yeah. know what I mean? He was just, I, I never quite understood the appeal. What was I, it I, just that he, he had cred from K rock. It was certainly that there was, a, like I said, in a historic pipeline between MTV and K rock, um, that went back many years. Um, but I remember that summer. So it was him and another DJ from, um, we had, well, we had one from KML up in San Francisco, mm -hmm. and then we had another one from, um, oh, the hip-hop station here. Oh, gosh, I can't remember. Uh, Theo, I think. Okay. And so they all had basically tryouts. The Summer Beach House was essentially their, their audition. Tryout. yeah. And mm -hmm. for whatever reason, he resonated on camera, but I agree he he's not – Certainly, as you think about the era of boy bands, he's not charismatic. He's not funny. Like if, he's I, if mil you, he's milk toast. Yeah, if you give me a list of things that you and you said, okay, you got to have at least three of these ten things. I don't think I check any boxes on Carson Daly, and yet he's wildly successful. He's still successful. I I, I think probably nobody's more surprised how where his career has led him more than him. Yeah, I mean, good for good for him. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I, I will say he's a super sweet guy. I'm sure. He, um, and, and that's, and cause if he wasn't, he wouldn't still be working. Right. And he was, he was definitely easy to work with. Mm -hmm. Good. He, he got it. Um, but yeah, in terms of being that super charismatic on camera. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it, it, for whatever reason, it just came together around the time of TRL. Yeah. Um, and you had all the boy bands, you had Christina, you had Britney. Yeah. I remember Christina on a lot. And then I think they dated, didn't they? Didn't Carson and Christina date? I'm going to say they did, even if they didn't, I'm saying they did. Well, he was, he was famously with, um, uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt for quite oh, some time. That's right too. They yeah. were like a power couple. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember uh, a couple uh, MTV snowed ins up in Big Bear, and the, the canoodling was <laughs> excellent. So, um, and so the rest of the show will be about that, right? I'll play some Jennifer Love. I'll, I call her Love. Yeah, and I'll play some of her of music. You do. Yeah, um, yeah, I look forward to it. Um, so that's that third wave. So mm -hmm. that's when I joined. Um, Who else was in that wave? Was uh, was um, Kevin Seal in that wave? Nope, Kevin Seal was late eighties. Uh, Adam Curry. Uh, before then so it's actually uh, my favorite curry is adam curry it's still it's really hot um yeah certainly had uh, he had some pretty killer hair there oh my, he had amazing hair he, yeah he really did um so i mean carson daly didn't even have good hair it's just okay hair yeah uh so carson uh you the aforementioned jesse camp mm -hmm. <laughs> dave holmes who I, I dave holmes who is amazing and has been amazing. on the show and so um, knowledgeable so great 
Um, the smart. If you've read his funny, he he is all of those, all of those things. things. Just just smart gets yeah. it, and I love the fact that he came in second and then parlayed that into what it became because yeah. And anytime, Jesse Camp's what changing my oil on a Tuesday if he's lucky. Um, but internally, like when we would do different events and we needed a VJ to come, you know, host or whatever. Internally, we were all like, "Oh, Dave Holmes, Dave Holmes, Dave yeah. Holmes." Um, because we knew he genuinely knew the music. He would be easy to work with. Yeah. He asked good questions, articulate, everything. Absolutely. Um, and more handsome than Carson. He would certainly say so. Yeah. Um, but it's a funny story. If you've ever read his Dave Holmes, that's what he, when he was on the show, that's what he was promoting. When he tells the story about how he got selected, he tells about the person who was the judge who said, Oh, there's something here. That was my boss. Oh, cool. And was your boss cool? Uh, yeah, he was a very, very um, uh, out and proud gentleman. Um, he was a, he was an LGBTQ community. He was. All right. He was flying the flag very, right. very uh, high and proudly. Um, and not easy to do back then. Uh, I mean, in, in general, at MTV, MTV, at MTV as, yes. as you can imagine, you could yes. wear a thong to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. at MTV, and, yes. So he had the perfect job to be able to be comfortable with himself. Yeah. So to his credit, he saw something in, in Dave um, that just, you know, connected and said, hey, we, this guy should definitely go on to the second round. And, All right, good. And, and went on from there. So, um, so yeah, so that third wave, um, so we have the boy bands, but we also have Puff um, and that whole, you know, side of things, hip hop just yeah. exploding. All the visuals, the videos just got way over Yo the MTV top. Raps? UMTV started late 80s also. Okay. By that time, it kind of had gone through different iterations. All right. Um, but you just have these iconic, you know, larger than life, uh, colorful videos, which, you know, some of these uh, songs will play certainly today. Um, so that was my time period. And then certainly by kind of the, the, the mid 2000s, it had definitely lost steam. You had nothing but you know, Laguna Hills and more real world. And once the M no longer meant music, I was out. Uh, yeah. And, and, and listen, the, the, you know. I don't know the pivoting that these, uh, that these networks do where they're like, you know, AMC American movie classics. And then, and then it's not that anymore. And then MTV, but it's not music anymore. I don't understand why you don't stay in your lane. That's why I tune into you. Well, you know the answer. One reason money. Always what? follow the money. Does M and MTV, is it money TV? <laughs> it became. It became money TV. That, that's when so, gave up one and, M for the other. And the songs you pick today are going to be jumping off points for you to tell us fun stories. Yeah, so it's um, it's a combination of things that, um, that occurred during my time there that I can share mm. firsthand, uh, as well as kind of historical uh, elements, things that I either heard through the grapevine, grapevine uh, that were handed down kind of um, throughout the years, or I just, it, it, listen, MTV was my dream job. Oh my God, I can imagine. And I, I got that job through absolute <laughs> luck and perseverance. That's um, so good. Because the first time I worked for MTV was in 90 and 91 on spring break when I was a college student in Florida. Spring break was in Daytona Beach, and they would farm out to colleges for PAs. So I would go live in a hotel room with about 10 other dudes for 50 bucks a day, working 12, 14-hour days, doing the barricade shuffle, just moving barricades and behind the scenes. 
Uh, I drove talent to and from the airport. But you got to party and see girls in bikinis, and you got to see celebrities. One of my, I did. One of my favorite stories was having to drive Jean-Claude Van Damme around for the night, uh, including the Hawaiian Tropic Party. Um, what that, kind of car are you driving around in? Is it your car or did no, they rent a car? No, no, it's a rental car. Okay. It's, it's probably like a Crown Vic or Town All Car right. or something like okay. that. So, yeah, they would rent And does them. he engage with you? Does he chat with you? He was, yeah. He was, he, he sat in the back. He, he he definitely did not sit in the front, but he had company. He's, a, he's an international superstar, Jeff. He can't sit in front with a college student. From your lips to God's ears. <laughs> So yeah, a lot. Now, of, does he sit in the back? Does he does he do a split and sit across the whole seat in the back? This was pre-split. Okay, this was pre-split. <laughs> um, although there might have been other people doing was splits. Was he married at the time? You know, honestly, I, he I, couldn't have been I, a good boy I, during I spring know. break I, in yeah. Daytona. Jean Claude Van Damme, no way. Probably not. I mean, honestly, no. you know, you had a code of. of of silence back sure, then. Sure, which we're going to break today <laughs> because it's been, the, the time has passed. Yes, yes, yes. So, um, yeah, lo- lots of, uh, of fun stories. Um, yeah, so, so just, uh, that's how I started. Okay, um, cool. And I met people. Did you have a Jean-Claude, Damme, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme story? Because I interrupted you. Well, it was just driving him around. Just driving him around. Night. That's and, enough of a story. And specifically going to the Hawaiian Tropic party where it was filled with Hawaiian Tropic <laughs> swimsuit models. Sure. And just, you know, me as a, you know, 19, 20 oh year old God, college it's student. It's ridiculous. I was, just, I was like, I can't believe this is happening to yeah. me. And yet, no way did you talk to any of those women. Um, sure. You did? Uh, Look at you. you know, I like it. Look at, kid, you know? look at you moving and shaking on the MTV. I was trying to have fun. Do you, you have a laminate on? Does it say MTV? Uh, I, I probably was displaying it uh, very See, proudly. That gets you, that gets a lot. Oh, that yes. gets you a lot. You have, you have that name tag or not a name tag, not like a sticker that you put on that says, hi, my name's Jeff. But yeah, you have a laminate or a backstage anything or, you know, one of the, what, what are this, what are the backstage stickers made up? They're kind of like cloth. What are they? Yeah, there's, so there's peel-off cloth yes, ones that yes, are, are yeah. typically for... for Any, anything like that, and you look like you're someone. So that's cool, and you yeah, got to work yeah, yeah. it. I was definitely walking around, you know, doing the, yeah. doing the thing. Um, so, yeah, lots of, lots of great stories, and um, I kept in touch with people, and then eventually was able to uh, land, like I said, my dream job in 97. And um, I love everything yeah. about this story. Yeah, so all that to say... I took an interest in MTV beyond just working there. I mm. wanted to know more about the history and and um, kind of all the the details behind the scenes. So, I mean, I love the fact that um, when you actually hear about the creation and the origin of MTV, um, Pat, you're a man of a, a, a certain age. Do yeah. you remember fifty seven? <laughs> do you remember Amex Travelers checks? I mean, I, I theoretically, sure. Yes, I yes. do remember them. So Amex was the original part owner of MTV. If there was no Amex, there would have never been MTV. It's interesting. So it was a, a partnership between Warner Communications mm-hmm. and American Express. And the idea was they basically were um, soothsayers in that they saw the, the, the future of cable television being two-way interactive. So Amex's thought was, well, we want to sell more of our financial services, including traveler's checks, to consumers in their homes, and we're going to do it through cable television. Perfect. Um, and one of the, orig- the original idea, I mean, and music videos existed mostly in Europe and Australia, certainly way before MTV. 
Yeah, artists would make promo clips, but it, there was really not an outlet to show them in America. Absolutely correct. Zero. So you um, and there was no YouTube. There's no internet. So literally, you never saw those until MTV. Correct. And they had them in Europe, so they would show them on on different shows in Europe. Sure. But um, Michael Nesmith from the Monkees. Mm -hmm actually came up with the idea in the US in the late 70s to bundle these music clips together because he as an artist had to do that. Right. And put them together in the show called Pop Clips. And he actually went out around Hollywood and tried to sell this idea. How smart. Um, eventually sells it to a gentleman named John Lack who loves the idea and just runs with it. John Lack is, is essentially considered the architect of MTV goes to Warner Communications and Amex, this new entity, and pitches the idea. Of course, everybody at first is, this is insane. It's never going to work. Um, it, it, but, you know, stays with it. And um, on an absolute shoestring budget, um, they launch on August 1st, 1981, to very few households because uh cable uh groups didn't carry it yeah we first. didn't have it there was there was like one kid i knew from my high school robert white he had it so we would go over to his place so you had it in uh i got it eventually school, I, high school i did get it in high school like soon afterwards we got it we had like this box that sat on top of the tv and it had buttons that you would actually click like one would say cinemax or the movie channel and then one was mtv so you got it relatively early. We did get it relatively early because I think it was one of those things that I was like, not begging for, but I asked, can we get this? Yeah. You know? So the cool, the kind of funny thing about that is, so when it launched, uh, famously, all the staff in Manhattan, you couldn't see it in Manhattan. So they had to go to Fort Lee, New Jersey. They had to leave where the offices were just to see it. To go to a bar across the river at midnight to see the launch. Because major uh, cable entities wouldn't carry it. So it was carried way more in rural areas. Yeah. Because the cost to dig up and put in um, the mm -hmm. wiring was much cheaper per mile in rural versus in dense, urban, right. populated uh, places. So, so that, that would definitely be where I lived. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. August 1st, 1981, of course, first video, The Buggles. Um, Funny thing is, in, internally, they they really didn't want it to be the first video because it wasn't a quote-unquote hit. They thought they really had to come out of with all guns right. blazing. But MTV made it a hit. It, it did. And they also, they're also like, well, it, it makes too much sense. We can't not play this as you our You can't first. not play Video Killed the Radio Star. Exactly. So, so Jeff has songs that he picked today. My songs, I'm going to play the first, whatever, 10 to 15 songs that were originally played on MTV and Jeff queued it up nicely and I will add to it that one of the buggles is uh, is <clears throat> is Jeff Downs who was a guest on the show That's so awesome. here we go it's kind of unbelievable that the first video on MTV and I interviewed one of the guys in the band Trevor Horn and Jeff Downs yes ladies and gentlemen rock and roll Back in 52, lying awake intently tuning in 
That's the first song ever played on MTV. I'm, I'm adjusting some audio here for Jeff. Jeff looked at me like, what the hell are you trying to kill me? <laughs> All right. So I sound good to you. Pat, you've never sounded better. And uh, I put the, uh, I put the um, audio or the volume down on my laptop. So we should be good with the next song. Cool. But that's it. Video Killed the Radio Star. It's the first song ever to be played on MTV. That's the first time I ever heard that song. And um, I didn't know who the Buggles were. But, yeah. right, but right then and there, you're like... What is it? What's this MTV? Oh my God! Who's this? Yeah, again, it it it's such a statement. It's it, it's so perfect for yeah. the moment and what it was going to become that you couldn't start with that. Um, uh, so just iconic. Um, I do love um, presidents of the United States of America did a cover of it in the '90s, which mm-hmm. I also love. Yeah, it's, it's pretty true to form, but um, yeah, Buggles just iconic. All right, let's move to Jeff's playlist and maybe get a fun story from Jeff. Yeah, so first up, um, this is probably the first video that... So I I did not have cable. Uh, my parents did not get cable probably until long after I, I, I left home for college. But um, so similar to you, I had a buddy who early on, I can't remember if it was 81, 82, but had it and we would just live at his house and I was such a music freak as was he and the first video that I just remember watching for hours waiting for it to come on and when it came on it was such a moment of like (laughs) oh my god release like you know maybe he's in the other room and you're yelling it's on um it 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 um it, it wasn't in high rotation. It's not a song or a video that, that I think maybe a lot of people remember. Sorry, Jeff, it's heavy rotation. Heavy rotation. Yeah, heavy rotation. Um, but it, 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 uh, it, I, I did see it. Uh, I saw it several times. And so it's Def Leppard off of High and Dry. Um, so, yeah, it, to me, it, it, it's just that first video. is like just blew my hair back. Let it go. Let it go. Sounds so good in oh headphones. Oh my god, what a riff. Jesus. How does Alexi not like this? He doesn't like Let It Go? Isn't it? Or he doesn't like Wasted? Uh, Wasted. Got it, got it. Everyone likes Let It Go.
of course, Def Leppard becomes one of the biggest MTV bands of all time. Yeah, we can I mean, say that, right? That's true. Oh, absolutely. Pyromania, you know, just shoots them uh, into a whole new level of stardom. And then, of course, Hysteria, Hysteria. a couple years later. Yeah. Just, just unbelievable. Video after video. Just uh, I remember seeing the first video from Hysteria was and maybe a poor choice of a single, but it was women. Yeah. And, um, but I... Tuned, it was it was a world premiere video. I tuned in because I wanted to, I really wanted to see Rick Allen play with one arm. I yeah. remember calling my mom into the room. I'm like, "Do you see this drummer?" And she's like, "Yeah." <laughs> and I'm like, "What do you notice about him?" Nothing. I'm like, <laughs> "He's only got one arm." Oh, Pat. I know. <laughs> Just like, oh. See, at our house, it was it was called that damn MTV. Ah, uh, that's okay. what my mom called it. Oh, they're watching that. They're watching that damn MTV. Corroding their brains. I know, I love it. Um, but yeah, d now do you remember seeing that video? Do you remember seeing Let It Go early days? Um, I mean, it's it doesn't jump out at me like a memory like it does for you, but yeah. I'm sure I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I just recently, so at the end there as we're fading down, the, the, the parting lyric is get ready for the big C. And we could never, I could never. What is that? Out. What's that mean? The big so, C. So apparently, and I just learned this, the big C is a super high note that is like, oh, um, wow. Famous and, among singers. Like if you can hit the, the, the high C. And then does he give us a big C in that song? I don't, you know, Joe Elliott probably not going, uh, you know, he's not Freddie Mercury. No, but I mean, if you, it, it sounds like a song that if you say, get ready for the big C, then the next thing he sings should be the big C. I'm going to say it was metaphorical. All right. Well, <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Joe. But I love Joe Elliott. I, 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 I like Joe Elliott, too. He's got a phenomenal voice. Yeah. Um, and real quick aside on Rick Allen. So crazy story in the 90s, nothing to do with MTV per se, but um, Rick Allen lived in Tampa for a period, which is where I was born and raised and I worked and I was working in rock radio at the time. And his brother, Robert Allen, who was one of the original managers, sound engineer, whatever, did jack-of-all-trades for Def Leppard early days, by that time had gone out on his own, um, was working with George Thorogood. Okay. And that, was my, that ended up being my first touring gig. So I worked for Rick Allen's brother, Robert, but we would go to Rick's house in the early 90s. I bet that house was a dump. <laughs> hysteria I, money yeah um I, I, honestly it was not i mean it was nice but it, and it was on the water but it was not you wouldn't walk in and go oh my god that's hysteria and money did you meet rick allen oh yeah, yeah many times i met him too i met him uh, backstage at a sammy hagar concert in probably 97 at the universal amphitheater and i have a picture taken with him i'll try to find it and post it i'm telling nicest you nicest guy the nicest guy in rock like when you hear him interviewed he is exactly what you mm -hmm. what you think exactly what he comes across as just the most sweet uh yeah nice guy now first of all to get a picture with him i had to have had a camera with me <laughs> right in 97 right and was, um, it, was it the you know the it the, might have been a disposable yeah because that way if they took it from you you're like oh well whatever yeah. But I remember, I remember asking him, Rick, can I get a picture? And he said, yeah. And he put, um, I don't know what to call it. His, not his stump, that sounds, but he put his, wow. He, he put his shoulder, you know, right into me. You know what I mean? Leaned in with his shoulder. And, um, and it was, it was awesome. It was, it's a great picture. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So, he, uh, just a sweet guy. Like it, 
people say, oh, who's the nicest guy you ever worked for? Jeff worked Frank. I say that. Jeff Frank. <laughs> Two people. It's Rick Allen is one, uh, and the other is um, oh, Mr. International. Um, Mr. International. Oh. Mike Myers, the International no. Man of Mystery. Austin Powers. It was I'm Austin Powers. A, I'm having a brain fart. You'll think of it. I will. I apologize. Um, and again, I always say this, but think about Def Leppard not leaving their friend, waiting and giving him a chance with one arm to see if he could remain in the band. And then he proves that he can and they keep him. And now he's been in the band longer with one arm than he was with two. It's pretty crazy. It's pretty incredible. Like, uh, that's a bond. Of, that's friendship. Oh, oh un- without un- a doubt. Unbelievable. Um, now, do you think we'll ever get to hear the uh, Jim Steinman version of Hysteria? I I just recently read an article and they said it's unlistenable. You just it's can't. That bad, huh? Yeah, I mean they released. Uh, they're releasing these box sets, and that wasn't like even like a bonus disc, so it must be pretty, pretty bad. Yeah. Um. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California, and Starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. All right. Second song ever played on MTV. I met this person. I met her husband. And what what did he say to you? He said, oh, buddy, I can't do that. I swear to God, if I ever get them on the podcast, I will tell them this story. I hope you do. I will, because I can't not. I can't tell it to the world all the time, and then when they're on, not tell it. Right. And yeah, they'll probably feel bad. I, I love that. And, and if, I'm, if I can confess, I use, I imitate you imitating him <laughs> all the time. And something goes up, and I go, ah, oh, buddy. It was like such a, dis- again, it's a disappointing night. It's a, it's a small venue. I'm the only person waiting. I've got jeans, a button down, and a, a nice hoodie. I don't look threatening. I've got one thing to sign. I've got one album. And, and, just no, and I have FaceTime with both of them. And oh, buddy, that's one too many. They can't do it. But um, this is the second video ever played. This is from the album Crimes of Passion. This is Pat Benatar with You Better Run. That's, of course, that's a remake of the Rascal song. Such a good it's song. It's so great. It's um, so great. And there, again, second person ever to be played on MTV. First woman to ever be played on MTV. Not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Ridiculous. She won the Grammy for Best Rock Female Vocalist four years in a row. Come on. 
I love Joan Jett, and this is probably going to be a hot take, but I think she should have gotten in before Joan Jett. Yeah, look, I love Joan Jett too. I've got all the Pat Benatar albums over there. I got all the Joan Jett albums over here. Joan lifted what Susie Quattro's persona and ran with it. Joan does write original material, but the hits are pretty much 85% covers. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, Pat Benatar should be in before Joan Jett. I mean, there's nothing we can do about it now. Joan Jett's in. But still, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, And do you know why there was a very specific reason why they chose that as the second video? I have no idea. But if you know, I would love to hear it. It was a message to the record labels. Basically a shot over the bow to say, we're here, we're coming. This is going to be a thing because they wouldn't... They wanted to license the videos. They didn't want to give MTV any content for free. Um, well, if they've made these videos and there's no place to show them but MTV, then good luck to you. Well, and of course, MTV said, well, you know, you're not charging radio to play no. the singles. So right. why would you charge us for to license these videos? Yeah, You know that when the kids see this video, they're going to go buy that album tomorrow. They They actually didn't know. It wasn't, there wasn't, a proof of concept just yes. yet. Yeah, so, the first the first uh, six months, even a year. Yeah, you probably don't know, but yeah. So they they again famous story that they 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 tried to get MTV to pay, and there was like a big pissing match, and ultimately, obviously MTV one did not pay for that. So right. their message to the record labels is: you better run, <laughs> <laughs> you better hide. All right, what's next on the Jeff list? Okay. Pat Francis. Hi. Of the original five, we were talking a little bit about this before we started rolling, but of the original five, who is your favorite VJ? Um, I mean, Martha. Yeah. Because, and again, been on the show. We, Christy, oh, by the way, Christy Stratton and I talk about MTV all the time. Christy Stratton and I went to Martha Quinn's house. Uh, Christy Stratton uh, had, Martha Quinn was at Christy Stratton's wedding. Mm. Um, I asked Christy Stratton to be here tonight with Jeff and I, and she had other commitments, so she couldn't be, but she wanted to be. So I just want to throw that out there. But no, Martha Quinn had everything. First of all, she has the girl next door thing um, that makes her approachable. And she's just, she was immediately likable. She was spunky, if that's a word kids mm-hmm. still use. Um, she was engaging. She knew her stuff. I mean, I just liked everything about her. She just, you just felt like, oh, I could, I could walk up to her and and talk to her. Absolutely. Now I didn't dislike any of the original five. Um, I really didn't. I mean, JJ skewed a little older. Um, you know, I thought, I thought Alan and Mark were cool. I thought Nina was probably the sexy one, Mm -hmm. but yeah, Martha Quinn, she was just, she was just perfect for me that's what i liked 100 percent agree yeah. um so pat you've worked in reality television throughout your yes. your career yes um so you understand the casting how specific a casting call sheet can be and you're looking to fulfill you know to tick certain boxes yeah, sure so we now know what those boxes were for the original five and um martha ticked the box of the girl next door absolutely um do you remember if she shared her how she got discovered or how she ended up getting the audition? I'm sure she did, but it was so many years ago I don't remember. Yeah. 
so it's right place at the right time. She happened to be standing. It, they had reached out to radio. Um, she had just graduated NYU, and she was literally standing in the person's office at the moment mm-hmm. where they called and said, hey, we, we need somebody. And they're like, oh, you know what? I've got this, this person here, this girl who um, she's great. She's fabulous. She kind of fits the bill. Um, one of the other categories, one of the other casting uh, criteria was a curly-haired Italian guy. <laughs> So any guesses right. who that became? That would be Mark Goodman. But before Mark Goodman got hired, what rock star did they offer the job to who said no? I have no idea. Kevin Cronin. Wow. Think about Kevin Cronin yeah. and Mark Goodman yeah. side by side. So, um, yeah. That's interesting. Kevin Cronin's like, um, I'm a rock star in a band a and band. I tour. Be, and yeah. it's like, I You'll don't... see me soon enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that that slot ended up going to uh, to Goodman. Now, I still need someone out there in, uh, in Rock Solid Land to make me a music sting that says Pat's going to tell a story that he's already told before. But I have to tell this story because, Jeff, we get l- new listeners all the time, and I can't expect them to go back and listen to 575 episodes and know all the stories. So this is a story I'm going to tell again. When Martha was on, that MTV book was out that the five original DJs, I'm sorry, VJs had uh, put together. So um, I didn't have those in hand when we recorded with Martha. So I asked her, hey, when these books come in from the publisher, can I come out here and have you sign them? And she said, absolutely. So uh, they came in and I contacted her and she said, hey, I'll meet you. I'll meet you halfway between Woodland Hills and where she lives. So she met me at an Irwan uh, grocery store. It's kind of like a more of a healthy grocery store. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we recorded with her, I gave her a rock solid T-shirt. So um, I'm waiting for her to, I'm waiting outside uh, at a, like a picnic table at this grocery store and I see her come across the parking lot and she's wearing the rock solid t-shirt. Oh, nice. So, I mean, it doesn't get any cooler than that. And then she signed the books and I got to take a picture of her with the rock solid shirt on. And I'm just like, you know, that was just a little thing extra that she did. She goes, oh, I'm going to wear that shirt today. If you would have told 16 year old you. When you're over at your buddy's house watching MTV, waiting for a world premiere video, and you're seeing Martha, <laughs> and you're probably getting, you know, you're connecting with Martha in yeah. that 16 year old yeah. kind of way, that someday you'd be meeting up with her at a health food store. Yeah. And she'd be wearing something that you had created. There, look, there are so many of my uh, rock and roll, if I want to say, dreams that I can't believe. I can't believe that I sat in a room with this three of the original zombies. I can't believe that I sat in the room with Nancy Wilson. I can't believe that I've done live shows with uh, Rick Springfield and Sammy Hagar and, and um, Weird Al Yankovic. I mean, I can't believe any of this sometimes it's really, it's really amazing and fun. And I feel very fortunate. It's the word that I've come to use through the pandemic. Very fortunate. I mean, if I can blow smoke up your ass for a second and and chill for rock solid, there's so many artists that, I kind of casually know mm-hmm. and, and listen to that. Um, even if I saw it come up, I'd be like, eh, I'm not really into them. But, you know, I get, I listen and I'm like, you know what? Think about that artist in a whole new light. Now, Zombies is a perfect example. <laughs> um, you know, you know, I, of course, I knew, you know, I knew one or two songs. Sure, sure. But then I'm just like, man, I just opened my eyes. So, I mean, I think that's, to your credit, that's why Rock Solid is con- connected with this community and all of us are, you know, relatively close and share, you know, music nerddom and, um, 
Yeah, man. I used to, well, thank you very much. I used to watch this Bob Costas interview show that was on NBC. NBC. And no matter who his guest was, I would watch. And I'm not a sports guy, but he, you know, Tom Landry would be on or whoever would be on. I would always watch and I would be interested the whole time. So, I mean, when I'm not saying I'm Bob Costas, but I do try to interview people in a way that I hope that it's interesting for someone who, who doesn't care about Kenny Loggins or, you know, or something like that. I maybe they'll come away with, Oh, okay. I liked it. So that's what I try to do. I don't know. You know, again, I'm not Bob Costas, but I try. <laughs> and it definitely comes across. I think the secret sauce is it's a combination of you being a genuine fan mm-hmm. and people can sniff that out, being prepared, um, but not over-prepared. You're, right. It's not scripted um, and kind of letting the conversation go. But, you know, there, there, there's so many times where I've been listening and you've kind of very um, tactfully interjected like, I'm... I'm a fan. Like I'm, I'm going to name check or quote something here that only a deep fan would know. And you can hear the artist kind of like, Oh, all right. This, this guy knows what's up. <laughs> My uh, favorite thing is if I'm, I'm interviewing someone and they say, that's a good question because they've, they've answered a million questions. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you make it fresh. You know what I mean? With some of these people, how do you do it? So yeah, I, I'm not afraid to come at it from a fan's perspective. I, I'm just, you know, some and people that comes might through. be, that I'm comes not through. afraid. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a professional journalist, so I'm not afraid to, you know, yeah, be a yeah, fan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thank you. I appreciate your of course, compliment. Of course. Um, so back to the song, um, of the original five VJ. So Martha, yeah, many people's favorite. Um, if you had to guess what original VJ actually, uh, appeared in David Bowie's fashion video, which predates MTV, but was one of the early videos played. What VJ? I think I know. I think I know who it is. I mean, it got a one in five chance. <laughs> you do. I think it's Alan Hunter. Uh, it is. You're right. Woohoo! Which I, he's like, and he was like the boy next door. Yeah, that was that is the exact. Yeah casting note was yeah. boy next door right they didn't really have a rocker dude really i mean mark goodman wasn't really jj jackson okay he was kind of rocking he he fit the bill they they did specifically say gentleman bob Pittman was also one of the early guys our and nina was the rock and roll girl nina was the yeah. rock and roll chick but jj yeah. jackson was kind of the 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 rocker dude mm-hmm. um so he took that box and and by all accounts, he lived that lifestyle to the nth degree. Yeah. Yep. To the end. Rock and peace, J.J. Jackson. Rock and peace. Triple J. Yeah. All right. So we're going to hear fashion from Scary Monsters, David Bowie. Such a great. And th- this is one of those videos, again, that like you would have never seen anywhere. Yeah. As a kid, as a small town kid from Pennsylvania, my hometown population, about 5,000 at that time, I mean, I wasn't exposed to David Bowie. He wasn't on the radio. I mean, I maybe knew something that was 
you know, I might have known um, Space Oddity or Rebel Rebel, but I mean, we weren't, I would have never seen or heard fashion on the radio. Maybe if I lived in Pittsburgh, I would have, but not in my hometown. We had WFBG, AM radio, whatever was top 40, whatever the hits were. And so until David Bowie broke through the top 40 big time, I didn't hear it. There, there's so many stories. We were talking about how MTV was more in rural parts of America. There's so many stories of these, you know, new romantic bands that broke in like Paducah, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, it just, it, it was, that's where MTV was. And record, you know, the record labels would call these record stores and they would see these huge spikes in the most random locations. And I'm like, what's um, going on? We have to order, we have to order scary monsters. Yeah, like Haircut 100 just, you know, yes. sold 10,000 copies. And well, someone called, they want us to, they want a madness record? Yeah, exactly. You know, it's crazy. Exactly. Um, but... It, It's also interesting in that um, because it was much more um, common in Europe for artists to do these videos Mm -hmm. that um, the European artists all kind of embraced the format of music videos. Yeah. There's so many stories of early days of American artists like they didn't get it. They didn't want to do it. They didn't understand why am I having to do this? Why am I having to spend, you know, my money to produce a video? Um but the so you see a lot more. Um, I, I think you see a lot more um, daring videos, kind of in the early yeah. days, from European artists versus American artists. Yeah, and they were uh, they weren't they weren't necessarily low budget either. Those European videos, there was a lot of stuff. I mean, going on. Yeah, bold, colorful. I mean, think yeah. about Duran Duran alone. Yeah. Girls I mean, on ridiculous. film. And Rio, all those videos, just saturated color, big hair, big clothes, yep. pastel. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, much has been said about the MTV sparking fashion trends. Fashion. Et See what you did there? <laughs> okay, the third video to be played on MTV was from Rod Stewart. Uh, Rod Stewart had a ton of videos, so he got a lot of airplay back then. This isn't even a, this isn't even a hit song. The F word's in this song. Why the fuck is she ignoring me? Mm. It's from an album called Foolish Behavior. The hit on this album was Passion, but they didn't play the Passion video. They played She Won't Dance With Me. So let's hear it. And I love this song, and I knew of this song because I had this album. dance and i want her ass <laughs> I, look a lot of rod stewart lyrics do not age well in 2021 but uh i love rod stewart and he's uh 
I love it. I know he gets panned a lot for this, Aaron. I know you guys just did an episode. Of the 70s. Uh, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of the, yes, early to 70s. To me, this is like, this has got that faces kind of this just. This is peak. Oh, man. This is, this is fun rod. This is fun rod. This makes up for all the, the shitty rod yeah. uh, to, to me. Um, but I don't remember this video. I, I, I mean, I certainly couldn't pick it out out of a lineup. Yeah, um, it's just it's just him in the band. Like it's kind of a performance video, you know, focusing yeah. on Rod and he's dancing around. Um, and again, on the wall uh, right there to Pat Rod Stewart, I had the uh, I was lucky enough to be able to go to the Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien and to the Conan Show many times. And whenever there was an artist on that I really liked. I would take an album over. Now I didn't meet Rod Stewart. He did walk by me in the hall, but they would uh, they would take things to sign to the green room, and they would put like a post-it note on it and write your name on it, and then he would personalize it. So that's one of the things that's that I awesome. did get. Yeah, it's, and that's uh, that's the first tour I saw Rod on, and uh, because that album has it's the Tonight I'm Yours album and has Young Turks on it, and I. I love that song. Well, my one Rod Stewart story is I never actually got to meet him, but I did have to blow up all the so I had to go out and buy and then blow up all the soccer balls that he kicked out because my very first job in the business and was- And how many soccer balls would that be? I, I, when I saw him in concert- 20. Yeah, he kicked out like 20 balls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my very first job was as a runner, which is, as you know, is just you run out to get whatever an artist needs. They give you a list and- everything from their dirty laundry yeah. to um, one of my favorite stories is um, having to go buy ribbed condoms for her pleasure for poison. <laughs> um, but to bring it back to Rod, I, I did have to go out, buy a bunch of soccer balls and then blow them up. And, and yeah, but I never met him, but he was fantastic. Were those, did he sign those before he kicked them out? Honestly, I don't remember. I don't, I, I don't think so. I feel like I, he should have. I mean, yeah, if he didn't, I don't think he did no either, brainer. but it seemed like, Sign that thing. Yeah. Um, and it, so we play the game. If I could ever go back in time and see one band on a tour mm -hmm. that was, you know, before my time, mm -hmm. it would be the Faces. Like 72, 73 Faces. Yeah. Oh, my God. Tearing it up. Yeah. I would still go with uh, Queen the Game era mm. because it's Freddie and it. And I had tickets for that you did. concert. And then my friend... See, where I live, they, they did these bus tours where you would buy the tickets and then you would go into Altoona, PA and get on the bus at a store called Uncle Joe's Woodshed. <laughs> Look at that. What, what is it? Mayberry? And that's where the bus would pick you up and then you would, uh, they would take you to the Pittsburgh Civic Arena and then they would bring you back. And, uh, and I got the tickets and then my friend couldn't go. Yeah. And so I just let the tickets go because <sighs> I didn't think that, I just didn't, at that age, you don't think that you're not going to be able to ever see Queen. You didn't put them up on StubHub? <laughs> There's no StubHub, Jeff. There's no eBay. So your you, early days, all your concert uh, experiences, because I'm assuming they didn't come to, sorry, your name of your town. Uh, no, Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania. Hollidaysburg. No, we had to go to um, the Johnstown War Memorial, which was, oh my God, such a fucking pit. Yeah. Just the worst. Or you would go to Pittsburgh Civic Arena, which was about two and a half hours bus ride. And, uh, and that's where I saw... Yeah, my shows. And, and then you had to obviously get on the bus to come home after yeah. you, you know, spent the last two, three hours rocking you, out. You could just sleep on the bus on the way home. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. And then, you know, once we had our driver's licenses, we would, uh, we would drive. And um, it's funny. A lot of people didn't go to concerts uh, in my high school. Like we would come in like on a, on a Wednesday with a police t-shirt on and they'd yeah. be like, 
You went to that concert last night? Yeah. Yeah. In Pittsburgh? Your parents let you go? Because my parents did let me go because I wasn't um I wasn't into drinking, I wasn't into drugs, I never did any of that when I was a kid. I just loved music and um, you know, they would worry about us getting there and getting home safely. And I bought my own tickets because I, I worked at McDonald's. My yeah. two best friends, we worked at McDonald's. So they and tickets were twelve dollars. But they uh yeah, they never they never didn't let us go. Of your of that time period, so two questions. What was your first show you ever saw on your own? And then secondly, what was the most memorable of that time period? Say your high school okay. time period. First concert ever was Kiss on the Dynasty Tour at the Pittsburgh Civic Arena with New England opening. And that was one of those bus things where we took the bus over and took the bus back. Right. Um, the most memorable was the second time I saw a cheap trick and it was at the Johnstown War Memorial. It was festival floor, no seats. Mm -hmm. Crocus opened. Wow. And we got there. We were right at the barricade. We were right at the stage. And that was on the All Shook Up Tour in 1980. And that was, that was like, I, Jeff, I wish I could remember it now. Like, I wish I could remember details about it. All I can remember is we were this close to my favorite band at the time yep. and still, and it was just amazing. It was just incredible. With Crocus, man, I would have never, I never would have picked that. But were you, at that time, were you then uh, going backstage trying to get autographs no, way no, back I, then? I didn't no. start getting autographs until I lived out here. And it was, it was a cheap trick show. My friend, uh, my friend Mike Preston lived out here at the time and he's like, yeah, let's go down and, uh, and meet them before the show. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, they're playing at the Roxy. They'll be, yeah. they'll be hanging around. I'm like, that doesn't happen. And he's, yeah, we went down and there they were. And it was like, so then I'm like, oh, you can do this. This is like a thing you can do. And so look, yeah. at, look at the walls. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, so all shook up. So Cheap Trick, one of my top five favorite mm -hmm. bands, which is one of the things that led me to the, the podcast in the first place. But um yeah, there's a couple albums in there that I, I kind of, for whatever reason, throughout the years, just was never into. All Shook Up was one mm -hmm. of them until you were kind enough to um, lend me basically all, including the Japanese import with yeah. all the extra stuff. And I got to say, probably All Shook Up has become my second favorite it's Cheap Trick album. produced by George Martin. The entire so catalog. It's really a great album. Yeah. And yeah, it's yeah. just, uh, yeah, it's, it's great. That's all I can say. What can I say? Hey. Third song, Jeff, what do you got for us? So this is the first video that I can remember it having a storyline that uh, preceded the start of the music. Mm -hmm. So most videos, obviously the, the video starts, the music starts. This one had kind of a, a, a preamble or a story to it. Right. Where Post-apocalyptic. Post absolutely. Like Mad Max era. And I remember being, so, so I'm from Florida. I'm a Florida cracker, as we call ourselves. Tom Petty was our guy. I got to be, I got to say, it, the, today is uh, Friday, July 2nd, when we're recording, and uh, the new Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers CD just came out, Angel Dream, and I just listened to it before yeah. you got here. And it's, I love Tom Petty, so yeah. I interrupted you, but go ahead. No, just, the, 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 I feel like growing up, you had people who were either Springsteen people mm -hmm. or Petty. I was always Petty. Springsteen just didn't really tour Florida. Mm -hmm. wasn't, I mean, yes, he was played on the radio, of course, but Petty was ours. Yeah. Um, 
And this, so this was that first video that I can remember seeing him and it's the Mad Max era and he had that cool top hat and Stan Lynch. I just remember like Stan Lynch he's a just giant being a compared, and he's a giant compared to the rest of the band. Yeah. And they just had all this cool gear and I, I just think it's a great song and a great video. Tom Petty, of course, one of the few kind of seventies artists that was able to successfully make the transition. Yeah using video embracing it yep uh later went on to win a mtv video vanguard in the 90s for everything that he did but to me this this is one of his best and it's the first video that uh, has that kind of pre-story and the line you got lucky when i found you is just so nah, i mean it's just so great yeah this album so much at the time i liked it but over the years i've grown to love it i love every single song on long after dark i just i think it's fantastic i do too i think it's an, a kind of underrated album i think it's, it's underrated also talked yeah. about a lot yeah um but i know what you mean like i um i came to to i came to bruce with uh 1980s um the river album but i came to petty with 1979's Damn the Torpedoes. And Damn the Torpedoes, is, it's one of my favorite albums of all time. I, th- I have a coaster made of it behind you over there if you rifle through those. Mm-hmm. But um, because no one, where I live, no one knew Tom Petty, you know what I mean? When Refugee came out or Don't Do Me Like That. And when I saw that album cover, I'm like, this album cover is like, it's a punk. Is he a punk? What is he? I, you know what I mean? I didn't really, I didn't look at that cover and think, He's um, Heartland Rock or or Southern Rock. I just saw this skinny, punky dude, and that album. Like I always felt like that album is like my album. That's I found yeah. that I discovered this. This is my album. How crazy is it that he kind of in those days of skinny tie days was kind of considered punk? I know. Like Tom, we listen to him now. We look back, we're like punk rock. No, but just that album cover. He's, he's, you know, he looked, he looked like Nick Gilder, the guy who sings hot child in the city. That's the look, but he's got that Rickenbacker guitar and just such a simple album cover, but it says so much to me. And he was not punk rock music, but I think he embodied the punk rock ethos of like, you know, the whole MCA thing and, and pricing the record, you yeah. know, a dollar less and, and uh, you know, always fighting the man. Always fighting the man. Yeah, always yeah. against the man. 
Yeah. And um, the other thing I love on that track is the hollow body. Jeff, this is Elliot. Elliot, this is my friend Jeff. Hey, Elliot. Enjoy a, enjoy a pretzel, Elliot. Um, I love the hollow body guitar on that that Mike Campbell yeah. plays because he doesn't really play that on too right. many other tracks that I can think. But it's got that, a cool solo too. Oh, I love it. I just think that in so many ways this this track is just it's uh, it's a Tate at a Tate. It is a Tate at a Tate. I just texted with Jeff Tate today, so hello <laughs> Jeff Tate. Um, all right, my next song is uh, the fourth song ever played on MTV is by I mean just a seminal British Invasion classic band the who from the album face dances the song is you better you bet now here's the deal this is the first who album i ever bought and again a lot of these things are around mtv but i knew who songs i knew you know my generation or magic but whatever i knew songs but then a bunch of my friends who were musically inclined at a high school assembly they played You Better You Bet. Now, look, I'm sure they didn't do a note-for-note perfect version of that song, but that's the first time I ever heard that song. Mm-hmm. I, w- I was wondering if my friends wrote that song. Wow. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? I'm like, yeah, yeah. what was that song? And they're like, oh, that's The Who. It's on the new Who album. And I went and bought this Who album, and I love those two 80s-era Who albums. I, I think Face Dances, again, underrated. Underrated. It's, and I like It's Hard, too. And I just... But anyway, You Better You Bet, it's still in the set list. Yeah. It's such a great song, and I love it. And these videos were in black and white. They did three videos for this. They did, I think, Don't Let Go of the Coat, and maybe Another Tricky Day. Did they do one for Athena? Athena, hands down, my favorite. Athe- no video for Athena, but that's on the next album. That's on oh, it's sorry, hard. sorry, yeah, yeah. Eminence Front was the big yep. video yeah, from yeah, the yeah, time. Yeah. But this is You Better You Bet, and I love it. So here we go. Why won't it play? Come on. There we go. And Daldry looks so cool. taking all my songs from the top because that's how I heard them when I watched MTV, but just a great song. It really is. Um, in Roger Daltrey's uh, autobiography, there's a part where he has a meeting because he just, uh, he likes Kenny Jones a lot, really likes him as a person, but he just, but. he can't, um, he said, Kenny's just a straight ahead timekeeping drummer and it wasn't working for Roger. It was very difficult for Roger. He didn't miss Keith Moon's nonsense. Mm. I mean, that's a fact in the book. Like Keith Moon at the end of the tour, when Roger would go to get paid, they'd tell Roger, there's no money to pay you. And Roger mm-hmm. would go, but I was on a budget this whole time. I didn't spend anything. And they'd go, did you see what Keith spent? <laughs> like he would fuck it up. Like literally when I read Daltrey's book, I'm like, Keith Moon's a fucking asshole. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I'm just yeah. like, not cool. But anyway, they have a meeting and Roger says that he can't have Kenny in the band anymore. No disrespect to you, Kenny. And then, uh, 
and then Roger says, so it's, it's either, it's either Kenny or me. And Townsend says, all right, Kenny stays. Don't, don't let the door hit you. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he says. So they continue with Kenny for a while. I was like, wow. That's crazy. Wow. Did, did they entertain another singer? Did they audition? There's nothing like that. in the Because Roger okay. concedes and he's like, well, yeah. okay. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's rough. I, I will say too, like underrated records of this period, but I think lyrically, these two records are so strong. I think yeah. the lyrics are phenomenal. I know. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bummer that that they stopped making music basically after it's hard until yeah. 2006. Well, farewell tour, man. I know. <laughs> I know. But if you've listened to the new, the newest who album just called who yeah. it's, it's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. What's your next song, buddy? So this is kind of the first, um, I don't want to say jump the shark moment. I mean, I think there were many silly moments early on, but, um, I think this one in particular, a band we, we, we all love, I think most of the rock solid community really loves. And, uh, this is not a video band. They, they weren't a video band at the time. We saw, we had live clips from the escape tour talking about journey, but they didn't have any proper videos until this. They were another band that early on said, get out of the way. What is this nonsense? We don't need this kind of a thing until, you know, everybody starts to pay attention when they start to see the sales impact. Yeah. Um, so yeah, journeys separate ways, um, big budget. We're bringing in high concept, da, 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 da. And you know, what does it end up being? Uh, you know, everybody playing air, air instruments, keyboards, air <laughs> drums. Yeah. Or, uh, or Steve Smith is beating on, like he's got uh, trash can lids as symbols and, uh, and Steve Perry had cut his hair and it was not a good haircut. And they didn't know it. So the famous story about that is they, the rest of the band apparently did not know that he had cut his hair. It's not a good He cut. just like shows up on set. Um, a lot of, uh, there was a lot of tension on the set because <laughs> there was an agreement amongst the band members that nobody would bring their girlfriends. Oh boy. Except he brought Sherry. Sherry. And, um, and she's mad because the girl in there's the girl in the video yeah. and she's jealous and da, 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 da. And it just became a whole, you know, and Steve Perry then has a sleeveless t-shirt on and he doesn't have the guns for a sleeveless t-shirt. Let David Lee Roth wear a sleeveless t-shirt. It's just not, and he, he's Steve Perry always kind of wore mom jeans kind of too. They're just not like high waisted, high waisted. I mean, <laughs> it's, um, no one looks like they're ready for a video shoot except maybe Neil Sean because he kind of always looks kind of cool. Yeah, raw guy. But um, separate ways, well, worlds apart. At least he's not shaving his mustache in this one. That's the only thing positive I can Highway say. Highway run. Okay. Separate ways. It's a great, it's a great tune. Yeah. And we love seeing the video because we never saw a video from Journey. Yeah. Everyone plays the air keyboard right now. I love singing this in the car. I love he's playing it. It's not just air keyboards, but it's up against the wall. It's up against the wall, yeah. And I think we get three different shots of two, two, two. Yeah. Sleepless nights. 
Steve Smith has such an incredible like drum roll in the middle of this song, which yeah. is just phenomenal. But uh, uh, yeah, that's a great song, not a great video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a good video. Jumping the shark. Yeah, it did. And yet we, but back then we loved it. We did love, like no oh one. Oh my God. We thought it was the best, but yeah. now you're just like, oh boy. We're like, oh, look at the checkerboard. And, and you know, after the Frontiers album, then Steve Perry makes Street Talk and he does a couple videos for that. And then the next Journey album is uh, Raised on Radio and they don't do any videos for that album. Yeah, it's so weird. We get two live clips eventually, but yeah, they don't. And that's they, what, 86? 86. They never yeah. embraced the videos. Yeah. They just never did it. Yeah. Not a video band. All right, this next one is shocking to me. Uh, the fifth song, out of all the artists, even artists that I'm going to play after this, a band called PhD. Little, P- Little Susie. Little, Little Susie's on the up is what it's called, right. but Tesla remade it and just called it Little Susie. Right. But, I mean, I've this song isn't even on iTunes. You it's not on Amazon. It. No, I had, to, I had to pull the clip from, uh, from YouTube. Yeah. PhD. What? Yeah. Why? I, I remember I was putting together uh, a playlist of um, songs you didn't know were covers because I did not know Little Susie was a cover. No, for, I thought that was know, a Tesla song. Ever. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then when I heard, oh, this band PhD, and I'm, I remember looking it up and could not find it, could not find anything about them. Let me see if I can find anything about them. Here we go. PhD band. All right, PhD were a British group best known for their top 10 hit, uh, I Won't Let You Down. That must have been top 10 in Britain, I assume. Mm. Let me see. Singer Jim Diamond uh, formed the group with former Jeff Beck members. All right. Mm. Simon Phillips was in, you know, it's, um, but yeah, it's just, you know, here it is. I mean, you, I don't even remember. I feel like this was played the first day and never again. I don't remember ever seeing this video. Yeah, same, probably. Um, but uh, the moral to the story is uh, mailbox money. Mailbox money of some sort. tell you what they would have had more mailbox money if this was on itunes or amazon because i would have purchased it <laughs> i like the song i i want to know who in the tesla camp had the <laughs> bold idea who connected the dots because as you hear that obviously it's not a rock song no it's, it's a synth pop song yeah. who brought that to tesla to say um hey let's make this a rock song like who even remembers someone with vision jeff yes someone yes, yes, yes. who knew what was up but I, I think was it Susie? Maybe Susie brought it to me. She could have uh, Susie with a Z and an I. Yep. Um, uh, to your point about you know was it ever even played again? I mean, MTV launched with numbers kind of different, but somewhere between 150 250 videos. So not mm-hmm. a deep um, right. And inventory. I think most of those were Rod Stewart videos. <laughs> they, a they, lot of them were. They certainly were. Um, so. 
you know, you're kind of digging deep, but the fact that it was the fifth video, the fifth video is pretty mind blowing. It is crazy. What you, speaking of fifth, what's your fifth song? Uh, okay. So this, uh, this is, um, brings up, uh, one of my favorite memories and it actually, I thought about it again today as I was in Burbank driving by Warner brothers studios mm-hmm. in the back lots there. 97, I'd only been at MTV a couple of months. And one of my first assignments was to go out and work on the Fleetwood Mac reunion show, which was recorded at Warner brothers in 97, which became the dance, the live album, the dance. This is a, this is a big, big deal because this is the five classic members back together again. Lindsay's back and they're going to do their first concert for a select group of people. And, and, I'll be transparent and say I was not a huge Fleetwood Mac fan. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, grew up on them, classic rock, you know, it was kind of like whatever. Right. Um, and being in that room at that moment, there was so much electricity and specifically on this song, because no one knew that the USC marching band, a callback to the actual video itself, right. that the actual modern day USC marching band was going to come out. And it was just such a triumphant moment. And I just remember the goosebumps um, that I got just being there in that room. And here it is, Tusk. In 1997, I was not a big watch a whole concert on TV person, but when the dance was coming on, I was so excited for it. And that night the cable went out Oh, <laughs> like it was glitching, like everything I couldn't, I couldn't watch it and enjoy it. So I, I mean, I eventually got to, but for the highlight of the dance, I think for a lot of people that weren't in the room to see the USC marching band is basically the debut of the song Silver Spring, which was left off of rumors relegated to a B-side because just the interplay between Stevie and Lindsay, who have had all this history of being a couple and then not being a couple and all this stuff, it just, that's really like an emotional um, thing they do on stage every night when they sing that yeah. or used to sing it. So yeah, the, the dance was great. I've not seen the DVD, the whole DVD in mm-hmm. quite a while. I, I did watch Tusk just to kind of refresh my, <laughs> those goosebumps. Um, I will have to go back. Uh, I forgot about that moment. So I will definitely have to go back and, and rewatch that. All right. My next song, number six, the sixth song played on MTV. Now, again, this is when they don't quite know what they want to do because it's, it's from Cliff Richard, who is, 
is wildly successful in the UK, like wildly successful. But in the US, what do we know? Devil Woman? Yeah, basically. That's yeah, it. You know, and maybe the song. I remember hearing the song. Uh, but the sixth video, <laughs> after PhD, they don't they don't give us anything. They play Cliff Richard, we don't talk anymore. Yeah. It's it seems strange, but that's what they did. Very yacht rocky. Yeah. It's a good song. It is a good it's song. It's a good song. Just, I don't know if this is the way you blast into the people's houses. I couldn't tell you what this video looked like. Neither could I. I assume his shirt's unbuttoned down to about here. I couldn't tell you what Cliff Richard looks like. I don't know if I've ever seen him. In a lineup, I think I could tell you. Yeah. To the chorus, we might. Come on, Cliff, give us a chorus. That's a great song. It, it is a great it, song. It's a great song. It's a great song. I wonder if we would like like a Cliff Richards best of if we pick that up would we be like oh I know a lot of these songs and and he was no spring chicken like he had hits back in the sixties <laughs> yeah. right yeah so by that time he's in his forties I believe so yeah that's crazy I believe so yeah I gotta look it up why don't I look it up I have a thing here called the internet is he still with us he is okay let's see Cliff Richards currently eighty. Mm. Yeah, he was born in 1940, and that song came out in 1980. Wow. So he would have been 40. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, Rod Stewart at that time, the cars, now we know uh, now that Rick Ocasek was much older than we <laughs> Way ever older, knew. yeah, yeah. All right, what's your next one, Jeff? All right. <laughs> is it what I think it is? This one, described by some as a whopping, steaming, heard uh some have called it the worst music video ever i don't think it's the worst music video ever. It, at least up until that time i think you can make the case of course we're talking about billy squire rock me tonight i gotta be honest i think when i first saw this i didn't really even give it a thought that it was bad like i was just i i mean i don't i like at the time now yes i look at it and go it's pretty bad they should have not put this out but i think Back at the time, I don't, I don't think I thought anything about it back at the time. I just thought, hey man, the, the dude likes to dance. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know how things were in Western Pennsylvania back then, but. <laughs> this shouldn't have flown in Western Pennsylvania. The exactly. neon and the pink, the pastels and he, he yeah. rips his shirt off. Yeah. It, it, so there, there's a pretty amazing story about it and, and he has occasionally talked about it, but basically uh, for the book, I want my MTV uh, talked about it and basically put it to bed and said, I'm, "This is it. I'm done talking about it." But and if I interviewed him, I don't even know if I'd ask about it. Yeah, fair point. I um, would probably just 
go right. I would I would be more I would be more interested because Jim Steinman produced this album. Mm-hmm. I would be more interested in knowing what it was like working with Jim Steinman as sole producer. Like, yeah, like it's not Jim Steinman and Billy Squire. It's Jim Steinman produced right. this. His production. That's what I would want to know about. So at the time you were referencing world premiere videos, yes. like that became a big thing in like 84, 85, right. uh, top of the hour. So you knew yeah. how to, 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 that was coming up. Yeah. So Billy Squire and his label had secured a world premiere video for this new records coming out. Capital um, records. Capital. And, um, basically they kind of shopped out to a bunch of the, the usual suspects for movie, uh, music video directors at yeah. the time. And by the way, he's coming off of a, a gigantic album, emotions in motion. Massive. Yeah. Um, two, two great albums in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it has all these meetings, basically nothing comes of it. And all of a sudden they're under the gun. There's a premiere date in like two and a half weeks mm-hmm. and they don't have a concept. They don't have a video director <laughs> locked. Um, a friend of his girlfriend's, uh, his girlfriend was a wardrobe designer for Rod Stewart. Mm-hmm. And in that circle, um, she was friends with a choreographer named Kenny Ortega. Yep. So Kenny, up until that time, had only really done the Pointer Sisters, I'm so excited. And if you remember that video, it's kind, you can kind of connect the dots yeah. to this. And, and Kenny is an out and proud gentleman yes as well and by the way and by the way billy should have watched that video mm-hmm. by the pointer sisters and then said i don't know if this is the guy right so billy to he claims what he was pitched and told uh is not actually what uh when he so he claims he shows up on set and they're satin sheets and comic <laughs> book backgrounds but everybody's like but billy you put on the pink shirt you, yeah, you, you know, you yeah. laid around in the satin sheets and it's it, like, it's like someone that ends up in a porno film and goes, I didn't know that was going to be a porno film. I didn't know I was going to have sex on camera. Yeah, exactly. Um, so he, he, he kind of claims, uh, oh, my, my, my managers kind of did me in and, and he ended up firing his managers after this and signing with Rod Stewart's manager. Um, and yeah, the video comes out immediately. The the record label are the ones who said um, a a pile, you know, a steaming turd. Yeah. Um, but they had to show it because they had a they had a date locked. They had in. it locked in. They couldn't go out uh, and and shoot another video in time, so it rolled. And then, in retrospect, they're always like, oh, we we should have pulled the video. Obviously, they, yeah, they should just they done a straight performance video in in the studio with the band. It would have been fine. Yeah, quick cuts. Yeah. So with girls. that. Here we go. I don't hate the song. I, 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 the song's great. Yeah. He's also on the wall right there. Oh, yeah. Emotions in Motion is signed.
music. It's rock music, but it's funky. You can dance to it. It's got groove. It's got swing. He has a voice. No one sings like him. He has a distinct voice. A little nasally. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, we met him after a show. Uh, the concert wife, Suzanne Dillingham and I was just the two of us who were left. And, uh, his, his person came out and he goes, you guys waiting for Billy? And we said, yeah. And then he goes, all right. And he went and got him. Oh, and the the uh, this was at a place in Anaheim where they have they put like a big like metal fence around like the venue from where we were waiting. It's a lot. It's like a it seems like a football field. And the guy goes, and here he comes with Billy Squire. That's fantastic. And it's unbelievable because he just comes out and he's like, he's like, wow, you guys waited this long. So did you like the show? And then just talked with us for like twenty minutes. I mean. It was incredible. It no. was one of those ones where you're like, what a nice guy. Yeah. Uh, and, and boy, never saw this coming, but Billy Squire, the most sampled guy yep. in hip hop. Yeah. Talk about mailbox money. Like he doesn't. And he owns the masters. Exactly. Because, like, eh, and whatever. again, get ready. This is where that sting about Pat telling the same story over and over again. Uh, after his band Piper disbanded and he got a solo deal with capital, he said the deal wasn't great. So, he asked them if he could own his masters and they were like, yeah, okay. Whatever. Can, whatever. Sure. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Piper. Yeah. You can, yes, Mr. Piper, you can yeah. own your masters. And I mean, the guy's got to be loaded because he doesn't, uh, he doesn't go out and tour. He doesn't get on these package tours. It's not Rick Springfield, Billy Squire and lover boy. He doesn't need to do it. He, he'll only go out if he wants to. I, I remember reading a story, you know, maybe 10 years ago, whatever. He was living in Central Park West mm-hmm. in New York, and um, that alone should tell you he's doing okay. And then yeah. he was just retired, and he was, like, gardening in Central yeah. Park, like, yep. living <laughs> living his life, That's man. what he told us, because I said, how do you, I go, are you a vegetarian? How do you stay in shape? He goes, oh, I bike ride a lot. And he goes, I do, he said, I do gardening, yeah. which, you know, isn't on my list of workout activities, but... Yeah. Um, I reached out to his people. I tracked down his guy over the pandemic and I reached out to him to try to get Billy, uh, you know, on the show no, to interview. Him. And, um, and his guy just says, Billy has not embraced the zoom generation right now. Mm. He's kind of tired of it, mm. but I said, okay, but I'm, I'll, I'm going to reach back down the road. So, yeah. I still want to, I still want to talk to him. Oh, I think it'd be a great interview. I think he would have, I think he would have fun yeah, because he doesn't know what I know about him. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, I would have a, I would love it so much. So I, I, it, it's not over folks. Yeah. It's I, not I, over. And back to rock me tonight. There's probably no artist who is, is more, um, been accountable with a video killing their career. Killed, yeah. And again, when he was on tour with that album, Def Leppard was opening and just blowing him off the stage. Yeah. Uh, there's a great quote. Not because he's not great. It's Def Leppard was just hungry and had and were ready for it. Yeah. There's a great quote from Phil Collin in the book about this time period and specifically about the video and talks about being on tour with him at that moment. And they loved him and, and whatever and ever. And then... They all saw the video and they were all talking in the dressing room and like, yeah, he didn't read the, uh, the one one manual, how you, you, you don't dance around like that. You don't wear, no. you know, pink satin, et cetera. But yeah, uh, yeah still a great artist, man. Yeah. Great He's artist. great. And, uh, yeah, he has a great discography as does the seventh band ever played on MTV. This 
is my favorite singer of all time. Tried to get her on the show this year, but she wasn't uh, wasn't doing any Zoom interviews. I will continue to try because she literally is my uh, is my dream guest, and that's Chrissy Hine of the Pretenders, right back there. The, I got it signed up top, up top. She didn't press very hard with the um, Sharpie because she was hammered. Oh, really? Hammered that night. It was at the Wiltern Theater. I was with Mike Siegel. She had two glasses of wine in her one hand yeah. so she could sign with the other hand. So I'm like holding it, but she's not pressing. And she's got a cigarette out of her mouth. And I, I have to be honest, she looked really bad. Like I was like worried. Like mm. I was like, she does not look good. Yeah. This is, this is not good. Just Even haggard. though they did, haggard. Even though they did an amazing show. Well, cut to, um, I don't know what year it was when I got that signed, that her solo mm, album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got my picture taken with her. And I was so happy because she looked fantastic, clear-eyed, everything. And I was like, she got it together. Or that was just a bad night when I met her the first time. But uh, always nice. I've met her many times after the show. It's always nice. And this video, this is like a real video. This is like, this is a... She's playing a character. She's concept, a waitress. Yeah. Concept. Yep. The band's at the table. I don't think they cut to any. I don't think they cut to any footage of them playing instruments. Do they? I don't think I so. I don't think either, they did. Yeah. Do but this is a uh, this is from their debut album. This is Brass and Pocket. Undeniable tune. Undeniable album. We got brass in pocket. We got battle. I am gonna use it. Intention I'm feeling mental Gonna make you Make you Make you notice Got motion Restrained emotion I've been diving Detailing Still the best live singer Her voice has not lost Anything I mean I'm sure it has I'm sure technically it has but when you hear her in concert, she sounds exactly the same. New record, the 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 last record, which came out, what, a year ago? Yeah. Is phenomenal. It's such a great record from a legacy artist. Yep. Hate for sale. And it's it's a bummer that they couldn't tour with that. You know, eventually they will, but it's a bummer that an album that good just comes out and kind of just kind of languishes. But I do appreciate I appreciate all the artists artists. Artists isn't a word. <laughs> Artists that released new music during the pandemic because it was the one art form that you don't have to go out and buy. Yeah. Books too. I mean, yeah. you can just, you know what I mean? So, and we needed music. We need, we needed it. All right. <laughs> Should Jeff, mention to the he, listeners that Pat is drinking some Sammy Hagar rum. So evening. are you. I've done, I've drank mine. Yeah. But this is, yeah. Yeah. I'm done. All right. Um, What's your next one? I'm not drunk, Jeff. No, a little tipsy, but yeah. not even tipsy. Feeling I'm feeling good. good. I'm feeling, feeling good. good. Um, okay, next up to me, this is kind of the pinnacle of the from a, a so talking about legacy artists. So a, great, a, a big budget, over the top video, everything you want to see from like early '80s videos is in this video. It, it's it's you know. You got the boy toys like in the body yep. paints um, on the beach in France, um, expensive location. Um, basically, the story behind this is, you know, it's it, Elton John 
at the height of his kind of cocaine addiction, yeah. uh, everything is grandiose and um, wants to go, you know, the most expensive video in the most expensive location. It's got to be everything's the best, the best, the best. Yeah. Um, and but it was basically an excuse for him to bring all these kind of younger gentlemen onto the sets. Why not have some fun? And I love look, this song. The metal bands were doing it with ladies, of so course. why shouldn't he do it with the gentlemen? Absolutely. This is not a popular statement, but the Elton John '80s era from the Fox, Jump Up, Too Low for Zero, and Breaking Hearts—that's my favorite era of Elton John. I think I think he looks fantastic when he wears the suits mm-hmm. and the hat. That was like before he had the toupee or the hair work. Mm-hmm. I think he looked so cool like this, and I love this. Uh, I love this song, and I mean, this album was a monster. And it was it was him reteaming with Bernie Toppin, and I love this guitar solo. I know we don't talk about guitar when no. we talk about Elton John. No, very we talk often, about but piano, I, but yeah. video is so iconic that elton john's funko pop figure is it from the video it's from the video with this white <laughs> suit and the cane i want to make sure that davy johnston is the person who played that solo because you know sometimes they'll you know you'll get it you'll get a steve lukather sneaking in there but let me Spunk see guitar solo um yeah let me see it appears like that is definitely davy Johnston, Elton's longtime guitarist. Let me make sure. I want to. I want to get. I don't want to get it wrong. I do not want to get it wrong. Yep, yep. That's him. Good job. Great guitar solo. Great song. And that was on MTV constantly. It was. And again, this is a big comeback album for Elton. And I think even he would admit, even though the material was solid because that album's great, that exposure on MTV was big with, you know, people who. Have maybe forgotten about Elton. Uh, another great example of an artist, seventies era artist who made the transition. Eventually, embraced the the medium, and yep. um, yeah, as a result, uh, went to a different level. Yep. Okay, the eighth video ever played on MTV is by an artist who I would like to have on the show. I've never reached out to him. I think maybe I could get him. Uh, he's going to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. I don't think he's going to show up. I don't think he gives a shit. It's Todd Rundgren. I consider him. For me, he's like almost the original independent artist. Like he never really did anything that he didn't want to do. He always just seemed to, you know. Interesting side. Hi. Hi. Hey, What's Pat? up? Hey, Jeff. When did you get here? <laughs> I just Amazing. Sli- I just do you want to record in. an episode about MTV? Yeah, sure. All right, let's do it. Um, Todd Rundgren, like Michael Nesmith, was an early vid- music video yes. pioneer. Yep. Also had an idea for music video, a, a show, a kind of linear channel, went to John Lack, um, 
didn't like what John Lack was running with from Michael Nesmith's idea and said, no, thanks, I'm out. But the point was, he was an early pioneer, embraced music video. Yeah. And I would have never known that, you know, without reading this book. But um, yeah. And again, as it relates to the rock wall, if you turn around, Jeff, right behind you, right behind you, Todd Rundgren, the ever popular tortured artist effect. Yes. And um, he signed that for me, I believe, in 2012. So nice. I had always heard that he was not nice in Surly, person, prickly yeah. or uh, mercurial, so to speak. And I've met him three times in person and he is, he's great every time. Yeah. Pictures. How'd you like the show? Do you want me to personalize it? All that kind of stuff. Have you listened to the brand new um, live album of the tour that he did with Joe Jackson in 2005? I haven't because I, uh, I know friends that have seen that tour and including Murray Villariano, and they said that Todd was not great on no that go. tour. Yeah. Uh, I listened to it once, and that was good. How was Joe? It's okay. It's it, it, it's super stripped down. Um, it, I, I would say it's just for hardcore fans. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to listen to Joe Jackson, that's never the record okay. I'm going to reach yeah. for. Yeah. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it was a moment in time. <laughs> <laughs> With this song, and I can remember seeing this video a lot on MTV, uh, and this is what's funny. It's from the album, the healing, but it's not on the album. There was a 45 that came with the album and time heals was on the 45. Hmm. So here we go. Now, when, when you buy the CD now, this song's yeah. on. The Todd, the Todd Rundgren songs that sound like this with the yeah. all that kind of stuff. Did he record a video for Bang on the Drum? Um, I don't know if he if he did a video for Bang on the Drum. So my question is, was this the last time we ever really saw Todd Rundgren on MTV? Um, I think he did a video. He might have done a video for a song called Something to Fall Back on from the acapella album which was a couple years after this and it got some it got some spins got a little bit of spin yeah. okay yeah but um yeah he wasn't uh as much as he liked the video once mtv came he didn't really embrace it exactly yeah Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, what's next for Jeff? So, Pat Francis, hi. What year would you say the first VMAs 
took place in. Oh, the first VMAs. That would be Video Music Awards. I know what it is, Jeff. Oh. Was was it was it right from the jump? I'm going to say 82. It was not right from the jump. It was 84. 84. Okay. Do you happen to remember who were the first hosts? Okay, I'm going to throw a guess out there. Was it Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo? You're close. Uh, definitely Eddie went on. I don't know if Joe did. I'm going to say Joe did probably too. You know, he's from Jersey. I did not know Yeah, that. he's from Jersey. Uh, Jersey guy, huh? I, I, I was. So it was, it was Eddie Murphy there, right? No. It wasn't Eddie Murphy? It was co-hosted by Bette Midler. Oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. Oh. Go ahead. Dan Aykroyd. Yes. <laughs> Danny wow. Aykroyd. Yeah. Wow. And That's what, crazy. What video, if you had to guess, pretending that you didn't see the list and what's being played next, won the video of the year for the very first VMAs? Um, I, I'm, I'm looking at your list, but I would have no idea. I would have no idea. Tell it, us what it is. It is the cars you might think. Oh, wait a minute. For some reason, that's not on my list. Uh-oh. Because, yeah, I did know, because I knew 100%, but I since it wasn't on the list, I have the song. Of course so, I do. Yeah, I, I, iconic video. If you think about that, um, really kind of that summer and those two videos. Oh, dr- between Drive, you might think, and Summer. Magic. I'm sorry, Magic. Yeah. Um, I mean, they just owned, you know, yeah. that year. Um, I uh, I actually, I like the magic video a little better than you might think because the, um, the, the fake, I just like Jesus him. Walk. I just like, like him. I, I just like it because it's out. It's by a pool. It's yeah. sun, the sunshine. And yeah, that's, it's amazing. Yeah. So here we go. You might think, and I did know this. Now, since we just talked about Todd Rundgren, let's hear You Might Think as sung by the new cars with Todd Rundgren. This is live, by the way. Yes, Jeff, I saw the new cars twice in concert. No, I was just about to ask you, who who was in uh, in place of Benjamin Orr? Who played bass? 
uh, Chasm Sultan from Todd's band and from Utopia. Okay. Got it. Uh, Prairie Prince from the Tubes was on drums. Yep. And then Greg Hawks on keys mm-hmm. and Elliot on uh, on guitar. When I interviewed Elliot, or when Christy and I interviewed Elliot, I told him that I I felt like the new cars rocked harder live than the cars ever did, and he um he agreed because the cars is not. I only saw them once, yeah. eighty seven, and they were horrible. And I saw them on the reunion tour when they came through after Ben had passed, and yeah, they just they just kind of stand there. Yeah, it's not it's not an exciting show. Nope. I'm sorry. The records are great. Live presentation, not good. Not good. All right. The ninth video ever played on MTV is from REO Speedwagon. Um, they became a video band, but in 1980, in 1980 with High Infidelity, they had, you know, they were more uh, performance pieces. And uh, this is Take It on the Run. It's number nine. This is a great guitar solo in it, if I remember. Gary Rittrath, very yep. underrated. Who heard it from a friend who heard it from another you've been messing around. They say you got a boyfriend. You're out late every weekend. They're talking about you and it's bringing me down. But I know the neighborhood Finally, their ninth studio album breaks through. Dude, so that's an example of, like, of course, I knew the hits, but when I listened to that REO episode, I had no idea how many albums before and that he left the band yes, and I then came, came back. back. Had no idea. It's insane. It is. Um, and I think over on the on the door, I think I have uh, an REO Speedwagon album signed that they just signed for me. This was one of the last concerts I saw before the pandemic hit. And um, I went with Mike Schmidt. And at the end of the concert, Mike's like, they, that's a home run. They were they, good? They were great. Yeah. They were so good. Because the version of the band that's together right now, they've been together since 1990. This version has been together longer than any of the lineups, you know, including this, the classic lineup. Mm-hmm. So they're like locked into each other. And it's so good. Kevin's voice was, cause it can be a little. Kevin's speaking voice is a little frail. And, um, but that night his singing voice was, was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. But it is a little, it's a little frail is the word I will use. Did they do 157 Riverside Avenue? Oh, oh such a good line. of course they did. Yeah. Of course they did. Um, and they, yeah. And they all signed after the show and, um, Kevin was with his wife and had a handful of stuff and I thought he's not going to want to do this at all. Like all the other band, the other members had all signed. So we're waiting for Kevin. And I, I didn't think he was going to sign. It just seemed like he was no. Yeah. And, uh, and he said, yeah, follow. He's like, uh, yeah, I got to get over to my car. And so I say, does that mean you want us to follow you over to your car? Because yeah. I don't know what they mean sometimes when they say things. And he said, yeah, everyone come over. Now, when he invited you back to his hotel room, what, 
What was his? I'll tell you what. He's a gentleman because he made sure his wife was in the car first and shut the door. Then he put all his stuff in the car and shut the door. And then he had uh, time with, I think there's eight or nine of us. Then he had time with the fans. I love that. But yeah, it was really cool. I was like, there we go. And I think, I think he's been married. I think him and his wife are like one of those couples that have been together for 30 years or so. Like Dennis DeYoung. Dennis DeYoung. So, uh, we're back to Jeff's playlist. Here we go. I don't know what's coming up next. All right. So this is, uh, I think it's around 86, 87. Um, this is a song I had completely forgotten about and certainly forgot about the video, but came up in a name that tune, uh, mm-hmm. at some point over the last, um, six, eight months that we were playing during the yeah. pandemic. Yeah. I will have to, yeah, Jeff, Jeff, you have, uh, you were one of the name that tune participants, uh, I think we were both there pretty much on a weekly basis for a really long time. Yeah, a good couple of months. Yeah. I mean, I, honestly. It was they, something to look forward to. Oh, and and they're man, still yeah. playing it. I told them, uh, I'll come back uh, when the winter ne- starts ne- again. Next pandemic? Yeah, next pandemic. But uh, yeah, f- great fun and something to look forward to on a, on a Saturday afternoon when nothing's happening. Absolutely. I've uncovered so many lost classics uh, from that game. And this is one of them. So um, it's Peter Wolf, Come As You Are. And the video, if you don't remember, please look it up on YouTube. It's essentially a one-take video where Peter hops through an entire set and all of these things, um, uh, almost like a Rube Goldberg kind of uh, scenario. Um, I'm sure there was some camera trickery and wasn't actually all one take. Right, but, right. Um, Iconic and, and I, there had definitely never been a video like that up until that point. And the song is "Come as You Are," and I have a story about this song after we're done. A story I've told before. Get that sting ready. So good. Come uh, on. I can never say this guy's name, but he's Billy. He was Billy Squire's drummer back in the day. Uh, Bobby Schuenard is on drums on that. And uh, if you listen, yeah, that's like the kind of drum sound that Billy would get. Now, the video, I got some info for you. The music video for Come As You Are is based on Bobby Van's memorable street dance from the movie Small Town Girl in 1953. Oh, uh, cool. Now, a couple nice. more things to add. First of all, Right up there on the wall is the Lights Out album signed by Peter Wolf. I did meet him and he was uh, super cool. So when I was in college, um, I took a year. After my junior year, I took a year off. You were just thinking. You were figuring things out. My parents weren't happy about that. But they didn't think I would ever go back. But I went back. So uh, this was my senior year then was 1987. And, uh, you know, I went to a small Catholic 
liberal arts college in Pennsylvania. So on the weekends, they try to you know, get you know get whatever activity they could do that wasn't you in a in your room with a keg. Yeah. So yeah. they had a they had a they had a uh, a lip sync contest, and so I did this song. Oh. And I I jumped on the stage oh. the entire time. I jumped all over the place. I jumped on all and and uh, and I won second place. And I was so pissed off because two guys did uh, Yankee Rose, and the one guy was painted like Dave was in the video, but they they didn't. Their lip sync was shit. Like they didn't even try. And I was really. I was really pissed off that I didn't win first, but I, I think second was 50 bucks and that's like a million dollars when you're in college. I thought for sure you were going to tell me it was someone did rock me tonight. <laughs> someone who was coming out, wanted to come out. Yes. Uh, all right. Next up we are at, okay. This rounds out the top 10. Um, even though I have the next, I have more, but in case we only got 10, I wanted to make sure I had the top 10 sticks. Mm. And from the Paradise Theater album, this is Rockin' the Paradise, I believe. Now, they 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 had a video for Too Much Time on My Hands, which had some storyline in that. I think Rockin' the Paradise was just straight up performance video, I think. Okay. But a killer song, and uh, here's Sticks. And they weren't really a video band either. Didn't really become one. They were not, mm. but you know, Dennis is, uh, he likes things theatrical. He so does. It's, it's kind of surprising. Broadway. Phones, it's fantastic. It sounds so There's good. so many little things in there. There's like a little flourish of a guitar, and then you hear that, what you doing, what you doing? Yeah. And I always feel that a lot of bands can't produce themselves because they need they need that outside ear. Except for sticks. Mm. They were always they produced their own albums and they were always able to know how to make themselves sound. So bravo to sticks. I, I can't remember Dennis talking about this, but was there maybe one person in the band that more took on that role and gravitated towards really bringing out that sound? Well, of it, course, Dennis would say that it was Dennis. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but I know I'm pretty sure he did. He said he would. He would always say I was responsible for the stick sound. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He he doesn't say it like he's bragging. He's saying it like it's a fact. Yeah. So I mean. Give the guy one more tour, guys. You don't got to sit in the studio and make an album with him. I, if I, Van Halen can tour with Dave and they hate each other, I, just I, show I, up on stage. And I play. would love to see it. I did see them about five years ago with Def Leppard. Obviously not with Dennis. Right. I went in. I really went to see Leppard, expecting nothing, and I was blown. They're away still good. They're still. They're great. They they're great. I've seen Dennis solo and I've seen Stick solo, and they're both great. The songs. 
Do you forget yeah. how many and how good those songs are? It, yeah. Like Lorelei. I know. Like you never hear that on the radio. No. But you hear that song, you're like, my God, that's a good yeah. song. Crystal Ball. All of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's great. Yep. All right. That's the top 10, folks. Some, some, uh, and again, who's still doing it out of that top 10? Pat Benatar still touring. Rod still touring. The Who's still touring. Pretender's still touring. Todd still tours. Ario Speedwagon still tours. Sticks still tours. The only people that really aren't active are the Buggles and, and PhD. PhD. And I'm, I'm pretty sure Cliff Richard still <laughs> plays in England. Yeah. 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 All right. What do you got for me, Jeff? So, uh, no salacious stories yet, Jeff. I was waiting for something. Well, we're, we're, we're gonna, this one, I mean, so we're much. not done yet. Yeah. But we still got some more. Uh, this one, not so much salacious, but I'm gonna skip ahead to, um, it's probably a band, Pat, you may not know. It's a Danish band called the Ravenettes. And this band, um, holds a special place in my heart and memory because, uh, one of the most, Interesting, unusual, difficult work situations I've ever been in involves this band. Oh, thanks, guys. March 2003, um, I am working on MTVU's Spring Break. So MTVU was the college network okay. that MTVU had just launched around that time. And uh, I got to book Spring Break. And so I'm down in Panama City, and we had a bunch of bands, one of which was the Ravenettes. It was a Sunday. And we had built a huge stage. If you've ever seen MTV Spring Break, you know, it's like, it's yeah. a big production. Big deal. And um, we're set to tape, um, you know, early afternoon or whatever it was. And one of our sponsors was the U.S. Army. And if you <laughs> think to March 2003 was the start of the Iraq War. And uh, this Danish band, the Ravenettes, um were I wouldn't say they're 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 not a political band, but they're a, a Scandinavian band, and, and they have opinions. They have opinions. They come out. They see that the U.S. Army is sponsoring, and it's plastered all over the stage. And I get when somebody comes and tells me, Ravenettes are refusing to go on stage, and I'm like, what? So they explain to me why, and I'm like, in a million years, I could have never predicted <laughs> this. that was the reason. Um, so I have to go and, and, and talk to the band and I've had to do stuff like this too, as a PA, it's crazy. And they send you or they send me yes, a yes. kid to do the dirty what work. What do we know? What are we going to do? So, um, yeah, at, at first I'm, I'm, I'm so like floored by that. This is the thing. So I'm talking to them to find out exactly what, you know, where their head's at. And in fact, yep. Um, we're not going to go on because the U S army and da, 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 da. And, um, so the guys in the truck are all, you know, we're, we're, we're half an hour from taping and, and you know, what's going on, what's going on. It's a Sunday. So it's not like I can call the label per se and get a hold of anybody. First of all, Jeff, if it's me, I don't play on Sunday. It's the Lord's day. Well, but you're a pious man. So that's understandable. Right. Um, <laughs> these folks less so. So, um, I, Basically, the next couple of hours um, goes up the flagpole where ultimately they have to get the uh, the president of the label on a Sunday in March. And he's probably out at his beach house or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it becomes this just huge, um, you know, kerfuffle. So and how long is this before they're supposed to take the stage? Oh, we've already passed. Oh, so really? So there's no one. So did you rejigger the order? 
Yeah. So basically, I think I first got wind of it maybe an hour, half hour somewhere before they were supposed to tape. Um, so fairly last minute thing. So we we blow past the original okay. tape time. So now we're everybody's scrambling. Um, and um, yeah, uh, we basically the compromise was we had to remove all signage from the stage, both on the stage that the audience could see and anything they could see standing on stage looking out. Okay. And it's a massive I bet. production. Yeah. So that alone takes, you know, we, we scramble, we grab every PA and everybody we can to tear down basically. And, and of course then MTV's losing money because the, the, the spot, they've obviously paid for that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So go through this whole thing. They finally agreed to it after uh, all this arm twisting and, and uh, considerations. They get up on stage. And I'm not lying, Pat, when I say it, it's probably a 60 by 40 stage. And if there were 20 people in the entire audience, that that would be generous. So <laughs> all of this. Just for 20 people. To get up there, they get up on stage. I, I will show you pictures how sparse. <laughs> so obviously they're shooting it so super tight. They've got the 20 people yeah, squished yeah. together and they're just shooting it super, super tight to make it, you know, to cheat it. But uh, we go through all of that and there's nobody there. And it, I was just like, I will never forget this day as long as I live. And I really like this band. I love this song. It's, it's, it's got a cool vibe to it, but, um, are they still, uh, in existence? They still play? I don't know. I've not heard anything about them in quite a while. So I, I, I don't know. This is weird. Their lead singer joined the army, <laughs> the Danish army. Yeah. Attack of the ghost riders. Yes. It's kind of film noir. The video itself is kind of very film noir. Excited to hear it. Sounds a little doing that thing you do. If I'm the Ravenettes, I would rather go out with all that stuff up and then talk about it and make fun of it and be, you know, belligerent about it. I would rather do that. These folks had drawn a, a very, uh, a very visible line in the sand in oh Panama God. City Beach, and uh, they were not coming out of the dressing room until something was uh, changed. So, and so you're saying for the amount of people that are in the audience, they should have just told the band to fuck off. Uh, Why didn't they just say? Okay, then don't play, but you're not getting paid. Well, because it's on air. Um, we need we need content for on air. It's probably already been in pre-promotion that the Ravenettes are going to be playing live and 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 what have you. So uh, sometimes you gotta keep it real, man. Have the have the VJ say the Ravenettes won't come out because we're being sponsored by the Army. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you you know how that goes. Anarchy. Yes. Um, so yeah, good times down there in the beach. All right, what's next, Jeff? What do we got? So next up, uh, going back to the early days, um, this is uh, kind of an infamous story. Um, there was a gentleman named Les Garland at MTV during those early pioneering days who came from radio, as did most of the early kind of uh, programming architect people of MTV. And he was this larger-than-life character, and um, 
he um he was uh he was a fan of missing persons and specifically dale and uh there's there's a story uh, i wasn't there i didn't see it but um apparently he, he was um he was being very friendly or Dale was being very friendly with him and okay. several people accidentally opened the door and walked in on Dale and Les Garland involved in um, some adult behavior. All right. Um, now, her husband's and, in the band. Well, and, and not so coincidentally, that video went into high rotation shortly thereafter. Right. Um, so this is uh, missing persons. What are words for? I've been trying to get her on the show for a long time, and she please, just seems to be a little wacky. Ask her. Ask her that story. And what's the guy's name? Garland. Jeff Garland. Comedian. Less. Comedian. Jeff Garland. Here were your words. What are they for? Oh, so many jokes to be made there. I know. song and you and i were talking about zappa off mic and mm. these guys all came from zappa terry yeah yeah and um and uh the guitarist warren cucurulo played with uh duran duran he replaced yeah. andy taylor i never understood when andy left that they didn't ask warren to come back he looks good he can play yep and he, he knows the tunes because he's been with them for years yeah and virtuosic player yeah I mean, knows his stuff yeah yeah that doesn't make sense to me sometimes when uh when they have the guy right there, why not? Uh, why not invite him back? Do we want to? Uh, do I want to play what the eleventh song ever played on MTV was? Is it a good one? Well, it's a band I've never heard of in my life, well, and it might not be a good one. It's Robin Lane and the Chartbusters, and the song is called <laughs> "When Things Go Wrong." How do you start out your second set of ten with Robin Lane and the Chartbusters? They obviously didn't bust the charts. Well, again, when you only have, uh, you know, 150 videos to choose from, then, uh, yeah, they picked it out of a hat. Now, I would love that if that's how they did it. If they just went, they reached in and went and pulled it out. Do you remember this song at all when things go wrong? No. Do you think when I, because I didn't listen to it. Do you think when I play it that either one of us is going to recognize it at all? Uh, no. All right, let's find out. A little REM-ish Yeah, jangly, yeah
of this at all? No. Never? <laughs> nothing. Nothing. Zero. Million dollars. Couldn't no. tell you. Wow. Um, yeah, that's obviously their claim to fame is, hey, we were the 11th video ever played. I know, right? I mean, this, I is, think, in, this is interesting. In the, the next set of 10, because I actually have the next 10, I'm not going to play them, but the next set of 10, one, two, three of the artists that were played in the first 10 are also- Repeated. Repeated. Uh, different songs. Uh, do you know who the first artist to ever be played- Twice? Yes. Uh, well, I'm just going to say Rod Stewart because- <laughs> You think? Uh, uh, yeah. From Atlantic Cl Crossing, 1975, Sailing. This had to just be him like sitting, I don't know. Yeah, have, do, do you remember on the sand video? I can't remember it at no. all. I know the song. I am sailing. It's, it, it's got to be the most boring video. Yeah. I like the song, but it's got to be a, the sea. He's got to be on a boat, right? With wine. Uh, I hope so. I am sailing. Festooned in all white. Now, what I'm going to do now is I'm going to just click and we're going to go straight into the song that followed this. These would never be programmed back to back on any radio station at all. Here we go. Wow. There had to be a commercial break. From the album Iron Maiden, it's the song Iron Maiden by the band Iron Maiden. I do not remember that being in the first 20 videos. Number 16, it says it's the first heavy metal video to ever be played. Wow, that's a great trivia question. Yeah, I mean, uh, the song that came, that was played uh, before Sailing is from April Wine, mm. but they're not heavy metal. Yeah, hard rock. So, uh, First Canadian? Is that first Canadian? Mm, could be, unless Robin Lane and the Chartbusters are yeah, blowing it up yeah, uh, yeah. on the north side. Um, the uh, people must, their heads must have exploded when they saw Paul Diano era Maiden. Yeah. Well, crazy. It, it, it makes me think of pre Headbangers Ball. Um, mm. I remember the first time MTV did like a heavy metal hour mm -hmm. or a couple hours. And we're all at high school. We're all at a party on Saturday night. And at like 10 p.m., MTV's going to show two hours of metal videos. And you're like, what? And, you know, because you you weren't hearing metal on the radio. No. Rock, hard rock, but not metal. Um, well, I was hearing metal because the local AM station, WFBG, uh, on the weekends, we had the all-night animal, Steve Kelsey. Oh, man. And he would ask trivia questions. And you could call in and, and request any song you wanted. Any song you wanted. And I remember I won a trivia question uh, one night and I didn't yet own the first Cheap Trick album, but there was a song called L.O. Kitties on the album, mm -hmm. but I didn't know it was L.O. Kitties. So right. I said, I want to hear E.L.O. Kitties. <laughs> K-I-D-D-I-E-S. -D -D Did he laugh you right off of the, uh, uh, the phone? I don't, I think he corrected me yeah. or else when they played the song, I was like, oh, that's uh, L.O. Kitties. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um. Yeah, so uh, so we did we did get metal because he would play like, you know, he would play like, accept, um, and he would play he would play all these band the mm -hmm. gods all these bands that I had never heard in my life. Yeah, and I didn't like all of it at the time, but it was it was 
it was the most, um, what do I want to say? It was the most unformatted uh, uh, yeah, music form, I, had, yeah. I had ever heard in my life was on on. It was Steve kind of Kelsey. the spirit of what FM used to be, yes. but I guess they were doing that yeah, on exactly. AM. And he had a great radio voice too. He was a really cool guy. So um, you're up. So we're going to fast forward to late 90s now. Um, <laughs> uh, we're going to talk a little bit about MTV2, okay. which launched August 1st, 1996. And Pat Francis, do you know what was the first video played on MTV2? then just called M2. I don't even, I, I vaguely even remember MTV2, so I'm not going to even venture again. This was the thing. So by the time I got there in 97, MTV had already, you know, real world and a bunch of long form mm. programming. So M2 was just music videos. So it, internally, it's the thing we all watched. It, it basically had the spirit of the original MTV. Gotcha. The first video was back where it's at. And talking about MTV2, one of my favorite stories. So Matt Pinfield is my favorite VJ of, of, of all time. And he's got cred. He's definitely got cred. And it, it it's the opinions kind of shady because I would work with him mm -hmm. and, and he's such a nice guy and he's exactly what you get. And I love trivia. Um, and they had to, uh, they had to check the bald box. <laughs> they definitely did. So they got him. Um, so late nineties, uh, I'm working on an MTV two launch in at Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. Matt Pinfield's going to host. It is, uh, our lady peace tonic and, uh, a little punk rock band out of Philly called the interpreters. Okay. Who I fucking love. Nobody's heard of them. No. Um, but they were getting spins on M two at the time. Um, so the problem was Matt Pinfield, this was on, I, th I think it was either the show was on a Saturday night or Sunday night, the night before Matt Pinfield was here in Los Angeles at a wedding for Tom Freston, who is the president of MTV. Okay. Um, kind of the spiritual godfather of MTV. So there's no way he couldn't be there. This was at the time, Matt, who I, I loved working with him. He's a great person. Um, but at this time he was, he was a partier. Um, and it was known. So I had to get him that early next morning. So we had all his flights arranged, mm -hmm. but getting him from West coast to East coast over the day in time to host the show at night was going to be close. Yeah. Um, not ideal to ensure Matt Pinfield made his flight out of LAX. I hired my cousin who lives here in LA to go to simply go to Matt's hotel room door, stand at the Mondrian, knock and bang on his door until Matt answered the door and then just give him a friendly escort down into the car. And I said to my cousin, Steven, I said, I, call me when you see him in the car and the car is pulling away because that way I know, <laughs> you know. He's, he's made it. So, um, little bit of trouble. Matt's, Matt's not answering the door in a timely fashion. Um, I'm sure he went big the night before at this wedding. And, um, so kind of long story, a little bit shorter. He misses basically all of his flights and we're just sweating this and sweating this in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, we had to make all these crazy arrangements and Matt's like the nicest guy. And like, he doesn't, um, he doesn't want to put people out. He he doesn't, but he's also not, um, 
he's he's just like oh yeah you know he maybe doesn't realize kind of the 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 the, the pressure that other people are on exactly he's like oh yeah yeah no, yeah everything's great man um so we make all these like crazy arrangements i have to hire a puddle jumper the closest i can get him is tampa I'm a, happens to be my hometown um I know somebody there who's got a, a little prop plane. Okay. I have to hire him <laughs> that when he gets off the plane in Tampa, he's got to go to the other side of the airport to the private side, get on this little puddle jumper and then fly to Jacksonville. I then have to on the fly arrange for a police escort to meet Matt in this little prop plane for Matt Pinfield from Matt Pinfield to get him to the show in time. So he, he misses the opener interpreters, but he gets there just in time. And I've got, I've still got the video of, to this day of Matt pulling in via police escort. And he's just like, Oh, this is great. Fantastic. And <laughs> just, yeah, great to see everybody. Love it. Great show. Um, you know, our lady peace had a couple of hits. Tonic really just had this one hit, uh, but this was a massive hit and it's just a really good pop song. The, the videos, Kind of nothing memorable, but um, yeah, to kind of get to this this story, uh, here's Tonic. I don't know if I have this song. What's the song called? If You Could Only See. Oh, I have it. Jeff, it's right here. Yes. It's not a big I deal, I told Jeff. you. The song almost didn't show up like Pinfield. Oh, I know this song. Of course. But if this came on the radio and you said, who sings this? I'd yes. go, uh... Silver chair? Uh, I don't know. Live? Is this live? And what I must do If you could only see how blue her eyes can be when she says When she says she loves me Yeah, good pop rock. How come how come hits from the 90s, which I appreciated back then, and now I'm I'm bored with them, and yet I can listen to You Shook Me All Night Long for the rest of my life, and I don't get bored with that. Like I remember I remember all these 90s hits. Like if you put together the top 40 90s hits of all time, I'd be like, oh yeah, I remember all these songs. I liked all these songs, but I don't like them that much anymore. Part of its age. You know, at the time period, songs that when you heard when you were 16 just resonate with you because you attach them to memories. Okay. That's, that that's what they say. Okay. Um, but I also think, to ACDC's credit, You Shook Me is the greatest pop rock <laughs> song of all time. Like, you can play that song in any dance club, people will know it and they will dance. Yeah. What name another rock record that does that? Yeah. I mean, that's why when, you know, a lot of people lately have said, who's the biggest guest you've ever had on your podcast? And I go, it's got to be Brian, Brian Johnson, Johnson from ACDC. Yeah. I mean, they have one album that sold 25 million copies. I mean, there's yeah. can't, I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know. And um, then my brother, of course, go, I don't know who that is. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you're not 80. You're only six years older than me. You're not 80. He knows that song. He might not know ACDC, Has but he Has he given me the business? He's, he's giving you the something. All right. Um. Okay, next, we're going to go back uh, back to the 80s. Um, not an artist you associate with MTV in any way, shape, or form, but this one video of the year, uh, I think 89, uh, Neil Young, This Notes for You, which was basically taking the piss 
out of yeah. Um, he was saying F U to MTV. F U MTV. F U for you know kind of corporate. Um, you know, labels started to get bought up by corporations, and there's a lot more money kind of flowing into music from corporate yeah. sources. And this was his middle finger to that. Yeah, because the this buds for you was the ad campaign for Budweiser. Exactly. Yeah, we'll talk about Neil Young in a minute. Here he is. This note's for you. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. Guess the rhyme. Uh. Now we listened to that, Jeff. I played that through my Pono player. How did that sound? Was the fidelity great, baby? Um, who would you rather have a sit down and have a beer with? Do you want to have a beer with Neil Young, or do you want to have a beer with David Crosby? Uh, David Lee Roth. <laughs> That's who I'd rather have a beer with. <laughs> Neil Young seems irritable to me. Like, yeah. does that guy have fun? He doesn't seem like... I'm a, it's just a cranky, you know, seems cantankerous. Yeah. Hates everything. Yeah. Why Why? Why do it? I mean, yeah, is he having fun? I don't know. It was, it didn't Jackson Brown kind of like... Um, somebody was asking about, uh, you know, people he still kept friendly with. Mm-hmm. And I think Crosby was the first name to come up. He's like, nope, that's the one I don't. Yeah. He's, he's, Wait, yeah. Jackson Brown doesn't stay friendly with Crosby? Correct. Well, I think Crosby's burned a lot of bridges. Exactly, yeah. But I also think, I also think in his older age, he admits to doing that and feels bad about it. Yeah. Um, he's an entertaining follow on Twitter. I will, oh, I will yeah, give yeah, him yeah. credit he's, for that. He's liked my tweets. He's answered my tweets. Oh, nice. Like a couple weeks ago, I said, I would like to have you on my show. Who would I contact to make that happen? And he put the name. And I've emailed the guy now twice. Yeah. Nothing yet, but David has a new album coming out next month. So maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah, fingers crossed. Get now that's meet. a guy that I think you could set off easily. Uh, just like piss off? You, mean? you could like ask yeah, yeah, yeah. You, a question that you don't think is going to be anything. Yeah. And he's like pissed. Yeah. But you're, you, you know what you're getting. You're, you're buckling in for that ride from the get go. He's a guy, because I do this with a lot of people uh, before we start. I say, what's a question you're sick of? Yeah. And immediately they'll, they'll have it yeah. and I'll go, and sometimes I'll say, I was going to ask you that. Or, yeah. and, and then sometimes I'll say, I wasn't going to go there that at all. So, um, but yeah, I hope I get to talk to him cause I, I think he's interesting. I, I his documentary is good. So now would you, is he a big enough get where you would go to him if that was the only way to do it? Um, I don't, th- I, I don't think he's yeah. a guy that could set up his own zoom and everything he needs a person he just needs a person yeah bring him i, I want to go the right to for the him i'll ranch. go through the correct channels right on um all right next up this is my favorite video Ooh. of all time oh I think at I least today what year is it from is it from the 80s this is 80 about 87 88 okay um it, it's not even a band it's a band i casually know casually like but this video just grabbed is it. it the beatles uh who's that Okay, see. I New band? Okay. Um, uh, it is a band that starts with the. It is the Damned. 
doing a cover of Alone Again or, and if you've never seen this video, please YouTube this video. It is Fellini-esque and it's just gorgeous. And I mean, the song is phenomenal also, but um, the visuals to me just so go with this song, the, 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 gravi- the gravity of the song. Well, this is the perfect time to give a shout out to Lisa Solak, who runs our Instagram page. And you can follow Lisa at ALA005 because The Damned is her favorite band. Does she like The Damned? I think she does a little bit, a little bit. And this is a cover of a song by a band, Love. Uh, It's also been covered by uh, UFO. And it's also been covered by Susanna Hoffs and Michael Sweet. And... It's just a great song because every version of it is great. So here's The Damned. Here's The Damned. potato chip in my mouth during that song mm. and now i'm crunching salty and tell me about the video what do you like why do you like it so much like i said it, it, it's fellini-esque which you know i say that have i ever really seen a fellini movie probably no not. but people when you say fellini-esque i think people uh that are of uh, somewhat intelligent know what you mean it, it stylized right yeah. like heavily heavily stylized things that don't necessarily make sense but are visually interesting like mm-hmm. just just capture your attention there's airplanes, there's uh, gasoline tanker trucks, it's in the desert, um, there's Bolero costumes, it's, um, yeah, it's just a lot going on, and the 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 way he, this video was shot, I just think is stunning. Cool. Yes. Um, okay, next up, my, we go from my favorite video to my favorite band of all time, U2. And, um, this is all because of you, which was from the MTV Brooklyn bridge show that, um, I got wind of, of course, internally, sometimes things are, are, are kind of kept close to the vest with certain production teams, but I got wind that this show was going on and, and, and you're not still working at MTV at I this am. point. Yeah. You are. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I wasn't working on this particular shoot. Okay. Um, how dare they? I know. So that day, <laughs> I happened to be doing another event with Marilyn Manson, who, yes. Oh, he's great. Yes. He's wonderful. Pillar of society. So um, great. Um, it, it was a program. It was a, a, yeah, it was a program for MTVU where we took artists and we surprised a college classroom with this artist and this artist okay. taught class for, you know, for a show. Um, so we, I was taking Marilyn Manson down to, uh, Philadelphia to, I think it was Drexel university, if I remember correctly. And we're going to surprise this like art history class. The beautiful students, the beautiful students <laughs> exactly, with Marilyn Manson, which in of itself is, was crazy. Um, and it, it, yeah, I mean, he, this was peak Manson and weirdness and the whole thing. And it would silly things that we had to do to make this thing happen. I saw him in a parking garage out here. Uh, it was underneath um, the Virgin Megastore mm-hmm. on, uh, I think it's on Sunset. And I believe he was with um, Rose McGowan. 
and he gets out of the car and he's got a, uh, a pink fur briefcase that he's just carrying. <laughs> For the drugs? I don't know what's in it, but I'm just like, oh, there's Marilyn Manson. Oh, and he's got that briefcase. Yeah. All right. I'm great. Say the beautiful drugs were the beautiful were drugs. There. Um, so we do the Manson thing and it, it it's cool. It's interesting. I, he was actually entertaining, held the class. I mean, he's a knowledgeable guy. Yeah. We're uh, talking about, we're talking, you know, we're talking about Marilyn Manson 17 years ago. Yeah. So, um, but the, the whole thing. The entire time in the back of my head is I got to get back. I got to get back. Get you know, you have the, to that U two show. The tapings at like four o'clock. Um, I came back. I I I maybe saw a half an hour of it, but it was spectacular. And I think in particular this song, "All Because of You," which I think is a very is a great U two song. Yeah. A little bit underrated. You don't ever hear this on the radio anymore. Um, so this is the live version from that. And this taping. whole concert's on CD. You can get this concert. Yeah. Here we go. All because of you. I skipped it. Hey, man. I don't know. Come on. I'm not editing this out. Kind of rookie. Love song to the hoe. That's a jam. That's so good. I saw them on this tour, the Vertigo, oh, yeah. the Vertigo tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just an iconic show and iconic setting. Um, I, man, I still get goosebumps just just hearing that. Um, oh, just by talking to me, you yeah, get goosebumps. I, I do. I do. It's fantastic. Did I see the, the other headband? Did I see, let me say the <laughs> let me tell you the other bands that were featured on MTV in that second run of ten. Um, the aforementioned Rod Stewart, and then Keep On Loving You by REO Speedwagon was played at number 17, and Message of Love by The Pretenders was played in the number 19 spot. And then following that, to round out the 20, Lee Rittenauer. So weird. Lee Rittenauer with a, song, with a song called Mr. Briefcase. Well. Let's hear that. Oh, that's about Marilyn Manson. <laughs> How is this played? Again. <laughs> But it was music television. It didn't say rock music. Yeah. Uh, probably never played after that first week. Uh, the other people played in that second 20 were split ends. History never repeats. 38 special, hold on loosely. Nice. Just and Between it? You and Me by April Wine. Nice. And Bluer Than Blue by Michael Johnson. That's the top 20. I know Blotto gets brought up a lot of times. We'll <laughs> yeah. Want to be first. a lifeguard. 
Yes, but I think it wasn't until like video 40-something, if I remember correctly, yeah. that Blotto. But um, yeah, they were definitely in that that first day. Um, and then to kind of bring it all home, um, sticking with the 80s, um, this is my favorite video by this band. Not a band you really think of being uh, video-centric, but um, 83... Um, they decided to jump all in. Um, well, I'll back up for a second. So the aforementioned Les Garland, who was the kind of artist guy mm -hmm. at MTV, yeah. who was receiving party favors from Dale Bazio. <laughs> He's the one who actually- Was she blowing up the balloons? Is that what she was doing? She was blowing up something. Okay. Um, so Les is the guy who's credited with the whole, I want my MTV- that Mick Jagger and the police yeah. and all the early people that they got to do, which really the, the, the strategy was bombard a market with that uh, because a lot of cable systems said, no, we don't want MTV. Yeah. They bombard it. And then within 48 hours, they'd be so deluged with calls. They would give in. So to create this campaign, less um, an ad agency came up with the tagline. Les says, well, I got to get artists obviously to say this. Right. He was connected to Mick Jagger somehow through his radio days, flies over to Paris to see Mick. Mick's like, what's all this about? And he explains, you know, MTV and da, 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 da. And we want to get you on video saying, I want my MTV. So Mick says, you want me to do a commercial? And he's like, no, it's not a commercial. It's, you know, it's kind of like more of a, a promo. Yeah, promo. Like you would do for radio. Exactly. And Mick's like, well, da, 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 da. We don't really do that. And he, and. Les was like, well, the Tattoo You tour was sponsored by Jovan, which is one of the first right. sponsored yes. tours ever. And he's like, okay, fair point. He goes, but I got paid for that. And then Les plunks down a single dollar bill on the table and Mick <laughs> says, I'll do it. And the rest is history. <laughs> That's great. And so this is the band leaning into the video. And famously, it's Mick and Keith right at the, the pinnacle of their really fucking hating yeah. each other in those 80s. Um, do I have to give you a dollar to be on the show? Is that what this story was about? I'll take a dollar. All right. I'll give it I'll to you. I'll take a dollar. Um, super stylized, uh, another concept video, but it was really violent. It, it, was. it was kind of based on, cent uh, sorry, central or South American, uh, drug lords, drug lords and, and violence, torture and all, that, and, and all that kind of stuff. But I, this is such a great stones song i like this album i like the undercover album yeah. I, I think that some has some great songs on it but yeah this is uh this is cool here we go undercover of the night bill wyman still in the band on that bass Now that 
It's so funny, like it doesn't sound like the Stones, but yet, but then when mixed there, it is the Stones. So it's got 80s kind of production elements, a little bit of like, you know, studio wizardry or whatever, but it still, to me, has the essence of the, the Stones in there. I am curious if they've ever played this live, because when it came out, you know, they didn't tour again until, what, 89 Steel Wheels? Um, let me look up because I have tons of officially released Stones albums. So let me see because they've they've uh, they've released a ton lately. But I feel like that's a lost classic that maybe never made a set list. Let me see. I'm looking it up in my iTunes. That's where I'll find it. <laughs> um. Steel Wheel is live tour. They did play it. Sounds like they did. They had a scream for Santa Father too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're loud enough to bust your brains out. But the opposition tongue is caught in two. I have another version. Let's see if it's the same one now. I would love to see them do that live. No, this is a different. This is this is a different version from the one we just heard. Yeah. This was a B side. I like that. Yeah, a little. Okay, I got one more version. Let's see if it's different from the other two. Yeah. Sounds like it's different already. Oh, yeah. These are all different. Say what year or what tour. I have a box set that's the singles, and this is it's the singles 71 to 2006. Uh, let me see if I have any. So probably not Wyman. No, it's probably Daryl Jones. Yeah. Let me see if I have any metadata on this. I do not. Well, that answered your question, though. Yeah. Um, in some of the early videos, like uh, "Hang Fire" or "Start Me Up," Mick is not a good lip syncer. <laughs> he cannot lip sync to his own words. It's I remember watching it's only music. rock and roll, and oh, yeah, I'm like, he's not very good. They, yeah, I don't think they had maybe the technology to quite sync up just right. yet. This album also had another uh, fun video for "She Was Hot," and um, also a good song. And, for, and, I mean, and there was a video for "Too Much Blood," also I think. Mm, I believe so. Of uh, pastel colors. <laughs> <laughs> not a, uh, yeah. No, you're thinking of "Dirty Work," right? Oh, right, right, yeah. Um, all right. What, uh, are we wrapping it up? What I do you think, want to, what do you want to do? I think that this, I think that's it. I think we, we covered a lot of ground and, uh, if anybody's still listening at this point, good on you. Thanks. Thanks for, uh, coming along with the, with the ride. I appreciate you, uh, suggesting this topic and I appreciate you for making the trip down here. I know you tied it in with some business, but I appreciate it. It's years in the making, Pat Francis. It's years in the making. Uh, and then and then you're now invited back anytime you want. I love that. I love the rock room here. Um, I hope uh, everybody gets a chance to come by and check it out. And man, this was a blast. This was fun. I can't, uh, 
you know, if you, and again, look, if you're a Patreon supporter, patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast, how you, much a month, as little as $2 a month, I you mean, can win on. prizes and I'll follow you back on Twitter. And then for $5 a month, you're going to get to hear this episode when probably tomorrow, come on. And it's not going to post to the world until July 29th. So you're going to basically have it three weeks in advance for how much $5 a month. Come on. What's people. that? $1.25 a week? Come on. I can't. You said there would be no math. Now, also for the $5, you also can win prizes and you, I'll also follow you back on Twitter and you also get to participate in the uh, Patreon curated episodes where I'll throw out a topic and you guys can send in an intro and a song and you'll be played right here on the show. I love that. So I, $5 on, tier is, is the tier, people. I get, just bought the Murray uh, Surfing with Murray package. <laughs> Please do. And let me tell you. <laughs> Please do. I'd appreciate that. For God's sake, buy it. Um, it's so funny. I tell people if you would just, if everyone listening right now would go and sign up for just the $2 tier, yeah. It would literally be life changing. And Jeff and I have this conversation all the time because Jeff is always telling me to to go uh, crazy on promoting the Patreon page. He's, well, he's you're a content creator. Content creators deserve to be paid for what they do. I'm going into my 11th year. I have never missed a Thursday episode, and during the pandemic. I think I released 92 episodes that year because I was doing a Monday bonus episode yeah. every week. And again, I always tell people it's not digging ditches. It is fun. We just had a lot of fun here tonight, but there is work and there is cost involved. So anyway, I, I appreciate you for always, uh, uh, you know, what do I want to say? Singing my praises, Jeff. I appreciate it. Listen, so I can you. attest that you spent money. You just had to buy uh, something off of iTunes. So. Yes. You're spending money. Yeah. I mean, it used to be uh, the the co-hosts would bring their songs on a, on a flash drive and I would learn them. Now I just I just say, send me your list and I'll get them already. What, but, what year did you start? Uh, I don't know. 11 years ago. I'd have to go disc? back. It's crazy. Uh, no, I flash drive. Yeah, yeah. Floppy disk. <laughs> so anyway, uh, and Jeff, where are you at on Twitter? You want us to follow you on the Instagram and the Twitter? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I, I pretty much only tweet about music, uh, certainly doing the, uh, the rock solid album of the day. Um, uh, most days. Yeah. Um, so I, I am at simply at Jeff DV eight, Jeff DV eight. Gabba, gabba, hey, gabba, gabba, hey. We are at rock solid show and go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. And you can still throw Kyle a, uh, a follow at Kyle dots and funny. So that's our show, Jeff. I just uh, have one more thing to say, Pat. Please do. Stay frosty. <laughs> and there's only one song that we can play out with. Yeah. Because it 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 uh, it has the tagline in it. Are you playing uh, the edited version? Uh, I don't think there is an edited yeah, version. I don't think so. Um, so, yeah, there is a word in here that doesn't fly in 2021. And it probably didn't fly back then either. It shouldn't have. But this is Dire Straits, Money for Nothing. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks, Pat. Loved it. Here we go. Me too. There's Sting. I wonder if he shaved his beard before oh this. Pompous.
way you do it You play the guitar on the MTV That ain't working, that's the way you do it Money for nothing and your chicks free Now that ain't working, that's the way you do it Let me tell you, damn guys ain't dumb Maybe get a pistol on your little finger Maybe get a blister on your thumb We got to install microwave ovens Custom kitchen deliveries We got to move these refrigerators We got to move these color TVs And a little faggot with an earring and a makeup Yeah buddy, that's his own hair yeah. The little faggot got his own jet airplane Turn it on. Leave it on. I want my MTV. You want your MTV. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. Turn it on. Leave it on. America, see the music you want to see. I want my MTV. All right. Turn it on. Leave it on. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. I want my MTV. <laughs> Turn it on. Leave it on. I want my, my MTV. I want my MTV. Whoa! I want my MTV. I want my MTV. I want my MTV, 24 hours a day on cable TV. Too much. Yeah, too much. Never. 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 Too much is never enough.